Hello, everybody. You're listening to The Big Chill Podcast. This is season two, episode three, Super Wild Card Weekend. Hello, Big Chillians, and welcome to what is sure to be a lucrative episode for you guys once you listen to our picks for the playoff weekend and i have to say i'm pretty sad to see the nfl regular season go but this is probably the best weekend of football that you could get with three games saturday three games sunday and then the college football championship on monday so a lot of football to talk about and it's dwindling down so this is like our last big day of football and then after that it's only like four games so it's it's getting to the end, boys. It's a sad, sad time when you start realizing NFL season's almost over. Yeah, next weekend will be the weekend when it really kicks in. This weekend, because it's two packed days, it still feels like there's so much to look forward to. But yeah, next weekend when you suddenly realize that there's only sort of 12 hours or whatever it is, 14 hours of football to watch, <laughs> it's gonna be it's going to be a little bit different. Well, we definitely have the NFL to thank for that with the extra wild card, because otherwise it would only be four games this week as well. Yeah, and look, they're lucky that in the end, with the exception of the NFC East, the expanded playoffs didn't lead, and that obviously didn't have any impact on, uh, like the, it wasn't the expansion that caused a, a losing no. team to get in, but they're lucky that f- that everyone who got in feels like they sort of deserve to be there. And it would be different if the first year of the expanded playoffs, there was some team in where everyone thought, well, this is kind of stupid. So I had a little thing pop up on my newsfeed the other day. And I thought this would be pretty funny because obviously, you know, like our side podcast is Soup Juice, where we specialize in all food related topics. And knowing that Eddie is a phenomenally picky eater, I thought this would be interesting. Wait, hold on. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. You're very picky. Like if we if you get a hamburger or something like that, it has to be super plain. Like I just want normal cheese and like uh, maybe voice. some bacon. Wait, hold, on. <laughs> hold on, what are you talking about? Just the guy from the Goonies again. Hey, what are guys? What are you talking about? Everything is like if you your favorite donut is just like plain glazed donut. No, 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 no. But that's not because I'm picky. Oh, sprinkles. No, no, I don't like sprinkles. Also, that's on, too that much. Also, too much. Also, also, a plain donut isn't a glazed donut. Glazed yeah. is a thing. No. Yeah, but if you were to add something like sprinkles, that's like way too much for Eddie. No, no. I just prefer. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold it's on. the pageantry that Eddie does. Eddie doesn't I'm like not, the donut. Yeah. I'm not picky because I prefer a glazed donut over a donut with sprinkles on it. That doesn't make me picky. I just, my favorite donut is just a glazed donut. And like, God forbid you put, you put some sort of chocolate chips or fruits in a pancake. Oh, boy. Oh, but again, boy. that's to me, that's just, I would still See? eat it. No, I would still eat it. But to me, it's just, you, you're right. I, there's some things where I think you don't have to overcomplicate it. I think it's good enough as it is. So if I'm going to eat a pancake, which I don't eat pancakes on a kind of regular basis, I just like a nice regular pancake and some maple syrup. That's not because I'm picky. If you made me pancakes with bananas in them or chocolate chips, I wouldn't be like, this is disgusting. I wouldn't touch these. It's just if I have the preference, I'm going to go 
regular pancake. Your your cookbook Plain would Jane be incredibly Hewitt. boring. Yeah, it would be incredibly boring, and it would be like, "Don't mess with the classics." Would be. Well, like hold on main. a second. Yeah. You're just picking, <laughs> but you're just picking pancakes. Like, no, pancakes, no, no. donuts. I, I don't know about your hamburger one, but if thanks. No, the hamburger like, one. Like, I don't even know. I don't even know where the hamburger one is. I can imagine from. like the recipe list is just like burger. I can legitimately tell you this. Um, I have never, I have never made a hamburger order and made a request for the burger. What? Like I don't, I don't ask anyone to add anything, take anything away, and I don't care oh. how you cook it. So in my head, was, I was like, what? <laughs> if so there was on the menu, like. If, there, if on the menu there was like cheeseburger or let's say um, like bacon barbecue cheeseburger. Uh, well, based on that, I, yeah, I would take just a normal cheeseburger because the idea of a bacon barbecue cheeseburger is not up my alley. Like it's but, got like bacon and maybe some onion rings, a little barbecue maybe sauce. Maybe some barbecue sauce. Yeah. Oh, kind of could picture. Who would have thought it? <laughs> you said bacon barbecue burger. I kind of pictured the bacon and the barbecue sauce. <laughs> All right. How about like a burger with bacon and like a fried egg? Oh, yeah. That, no, 100% on board with that. I don't get the allure of that. I'd add an egg to almost anything. Do you like to I dip? The yolk, is that why you like it? You like like a dippy yolk? Oh, like a oh. runny yolk? I mean, I yeah. do like yeah. I do like a... And then you can like dip the, the sandwich in it kind of almost. Dip I mean, what? How big like is the egg? It. Yeah, I mean, not an ostrich <laughs> egg. <laughs> you, you mean like mop it up? Yeah, mop it up, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah, I like it when I can mop it up and add a little bit of kind of juice to the uh To, to the, the soup juice. Soup exactly. juice. But no, I mean, look, if there was an ostrich, if this was like the Flintstones and I could order a burger and dip <laughs> dip the burger in an egg, I'd be on board with that too. That's funny. Okay, so getting back to what popped up on my feed, it was that there's some new fast food items that have already had people buzzing for the new year. So there's only, I think, three is, of them. Is it, so Is this from BuzzFeed? No, it is not. Okay. Is it... <laughs> Is it a US-based one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm thinking calories. <laughs> okay, so the first one is from, comes from us, from our friends at Burger King. The Breakfast Bacon King. And this is a sandwich that has six slices of bacon, two sausage patties, an egg, two slices of cheese, and zesty sauce on a hamburger bun. That actually looks more like a brioche bun, if I had to make a guess. Oh, does, la, that la. Sound, does that sound like something you would ever order? If I'm be. incredibly hungover, yes. Yeah, like I'm not a big uh, fast food breakfast order anyway. It is, I agree with Sam, it's typically like hangover. I've bought myself an Egg McMuffin. But the concern for me there would be the sauce just because like i don't associate sauce yeah that (laughs) because that's like an unknown that would be that's the wild card there i'm also will say and this is i dispute my (laughs) anyone calling me a picky eater but the i i'm not the biggest fan of the of the cheese in a breakfast sandwich i actually kind of just like bacon jane bacon and egg well, it's like the American cheese as well, isn't it? So it's not, yeah. it's a bit synthetic. It's not, yeah. yeah, it's not great. Okay. So that was one. The next one is that McDonald's has decided to revamp its chicken sandwich. 
And this is, I don't know if you are aware of the chicken sandwich saga that's going on in the United States over the past year, but basically Popeye's has put its stamp on like the best chicken sandwich in America. And there's so are we talking this... revamping the McChicken or is this like a different beast? So they're doing a, they're going to introduce three new fried chicken sandwiches. The crispy chicken sandwich, which contains pickles and a new buttered toasted roll. The spicy chicken sandwich, which is the same except with spicy pepper sauce. And the deluxe and the deluxe chicken sandwich, which adds shredded lettuce and tomatoes. I love that shredded lettuce yeah. is salad. <laughs> we splashed out on this burger. We've that got makes something. it deluxe. We've got, we've got some lettuce here. Um, I'd honestly go as far as saying is that the sauce probably costs more than the shredded lettuce. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, I'm a big chicken sandwich person. I would almost always go chicken sandwich over burger. And so, yeah, I'd happily have any of those. Yeah, the oh, thing I don't like about McDonald's, though, is they used to have, like, the fake chicken chicken sandwich, and that was always kind of gross. Like, the Popeye's chicken sandwich is a real chicken cutlet. Oh, The okay. McDonald's one is, like, a processed patty. Yeah, like, it's like a big... Put together, big, like... It's like uh, a big nugget. Yeah, like, like plyboard. <laughs> like, uh, no, but, like, McChicken. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, basically. it is. And also, it's legitimately different, like, the UK version yes. of a McDonald's versus the US one. Like, over yeah. here, it is genuinely, like, a chicken breast. Just so um, everyone knows, Sam works in PR for McDonald's, so... <laughs> Tell us all about how that's. We're real always looking for sponsors. <laughs> okay, and then the last one is the Dunkin' Donuts. Let's see if there's a name to it. Southwest Veggie Power Breakfast Sandwich. It features a Morningstar Farms black bean patty with Southwest flavors. An egg white omelet infused with spinach, bell peppers, and onions, topped with cheddar cheese, packed between two multi-grain thins. Wait, where is this from? Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, no. <laughs> like if, 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 a, I'm a, I'm skeptical just because it's from Dunkin' Donuts. But anything that's described in such like a hipster fashion, if it isn't from like a legitimate sort of breakfast cafe kind of place. I'm not trying it. I'm definitely. That sounds like a real curveball for Dunkin' Donuts as well. No, they do a lot of sandwiches, bre breakfast sandwiches. Ah, okay. But the I... thing that's funny to me is they, they <laughs> like Eddie said, it's very hipster. They say it's an egg white omelet infused with spinach, bell peppers, and onions. And you look at the picture and it's literally an egg white omelet just with spinach, bell peppers, and onions in it. It's not as yeah. if like they like grinded up the spinach and bell peppers and infused it into the egg and cooked it. It's literally an omelet. I don't know what the infusion part comes in. Like essence of spinach. Yeah. <laughs> that one actually doesn't look terrible, except the, the patty kind of looks a little gross just because anything that's like a black bean patty is not the most appetizing looking. But those apparently had people buzzing. I don't know who's buzzing about these things. Yeah, I don't that was my last buzzing. question. Like, who's, who's buzzing are any of those buzzworthy? A chicken, a bun, <laughs> and some sauce. You say this, but people lose their minds over the McRib. So there yeah, is there's a contingent of the world's population that cares passionately about fast food menu items. Yeah, I do like the McRib though. 
I've never had a McRib, so cannot comment. I don't think I've ever I, been in a McDonald's. I, a, I don't go to McDonald's that often anyway, but I definitely don't think I've ever been in a McDonald's serving a McRib. I don't think I've been to a like traditional fast food like that in eight years, 10 years, maybe even I go to in and out. So if, if you I count in and out, that's it. I know that's untrue, Frank. What Why have we gone? What about I know like in the last, in the in the last 10 years? Or... No, hold on, hold on. I know in the last 10 years, we've been to a McDonald's together. In fact, you went to a McDonald's with Tim the night of. The oh, in Paris. That's yeah, a yeah. while ago though. That's yeah, almost eight years ago. Yeah. But for sure I've, I've been to, yeah. We've been to five guys together. Yeah, if, if you count like a five guys are in and out, that's about as low as I'll go now. I guess that's <laughs> the point, right? What constitutes fast food? Yeah, like I like McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, haven't been to those in forever. My dad claimed yesterday that he's never been to Taco Bell, ever. I can that's claim cool that as well. well. Yeah, but like, are there a lot of Taco Bells in London? Are there any? Yeah. One that just opened up about a minute walk from me. That I'm really tempted to try it. And you went there last week. <laughs> <laughs> and no, weirdly, I never went. I never went. There's weirdly, I think there's one in Manchester, which is always odd. One like Manchester gets well. Manchester gets quite a few of the weird like the smaller American fast food franchise. Not that Taco Bell's small, but like comparatively speaking with McDonald's or Burger King. They get a few like Papa John's, I think their first Ooh. franchise might have been in McDonald in Manchester. Wow, a fast food restaurant in a fast food restaurant, like Papa John's in a McDonald's. It's like you do fast get food those. inception. You do get those yeah, like, like Baskin Robbins in Dunkin' yes. Donuts. Yeah. That's a big one. Those. Baskin Robbins, Dunkin' Donuts is a big combo. Wow. Baskin Robbins used to be in Burger King in the UK. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Now I've had my own totally gonna take us on down a totally different tangent here. Um, as you may notice, I'm wearing my Ryder Cup hat. So I bought this at the 2018 Ryder Cup in Paris. And because we discussed the post-Brexit world the other day, obviously the Team Europe is still going to include uh, British and Irish players. That's obvious. The thing that I thought of, because on my hat, it has the Ryder Cup logo, and then it has the two flags. It has the stars and stripes, and it has the European flag. What's going to happen with the Ryder Cup flag situation? Because they were always could just choose the EU flag fundamentally. And then now you can't, I guess. So they're going to have to create like a new flag just for the European Ryder Cup team. You could do that classic where, you know, in places that the British Empire was, it's always got the British flag in the top left of the... Oh, like Hawaii. Yeah, you, <laughs> like the, you do. You go Hawaiian on the European flag, like or you Hawaii, could, Fiji, New Zealand. Yeah, but also the EU's got to change its flag, right? Just going off topic because one of the stars represented the UK. Yeah, but that's so, you just you just knock a, a star off and readjust. Maybe, that's pretty. Well, yeah, but, you but you do have to like replace it everywhere. It. Yeah, yeah, you do have to have new flags. I think they've done this already. I yeah. think, but they're, they they're just put a big flags. red X through one of the stars, like yeah. real cost-cutting exercise. They've Just turn it into Boris Johnson's face. They've planned how to replace all the flags in a super efficient manner 
But when it comes to rolling out the vaccine for COVID, there's just like throwing hands Uh-oh. thrown up in the air. <laughs> oh, oh, we're getting we're, t- we're turning political here now, Ooh. are we? Ooh. No, it's not political. It's just like every country is just flabbergasted well, with how to do this. You know why Sam thinks there's issues with the vaccine? It's because the virus doesn't exist in the first place. So, <laughs> how can you vaccinate something don't fake? Get, I don't doctor, get why they're putting walks, these chips in us. <laughs> a doctor just walks up to you with just like one of those like fake children's needles that kind of as you push in, the needle goes into the sort of the yeah. chamber of the needle itself. And just goes, okay, now you're safe. You're protected against COVID now. Good luck. You can't, you can't vaccinate against 5G. In other political news, did you see that Jamiroquai took over the Capitol building in the United I States? Did. Yeah, his video his video <laughs> went way too far. What a comeback. Who knew? He was out there, you know, he dominated my life in the 90s with all of his catchy tunes, and now he's plotting world domination. Yeah. You know the video for Virtual Insanity where all like furniture's moving around is kind of similar as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's Jamiroquai. Did he read? Did he do the Godzilla theme with? Uh, yeah, it's deeper face? underground. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was what massive for this like four year period of the nineties. Like he was everywhere and doing everything. Like I think at one point he was on Top Gear. Like it's a car show, by the way, for anyone that doesn't know. It was only like four times a year. It was ridiculous. Like how big this guy was for like four or five year period. Yeah. And also, when you look, think back on it, he didn't have that many hits. Like, I mean, some huge ones, like Virtual Insanity is a huge song. It was one of the biggest songs of the 90s. But fundamentally, you're probably only talking five to ten legitimate hits. So it's not like how big he was relative to what he was putting out is a little bit odd. I mean, yeah. the thing he had going for him is he was short and he wore weird hats. Like kind of like <laughs> I like how you've boiled it down to such a basic sounding thing as well. I'm but trying that's to think it. Like, he had a personality on his head. That's like how he how he made himself get noticed. <laughs> Cosmic Girl was another one. Yeah, that was good. I'm going with that. So I got three. I'm I'm honestly stumped there actually. So when you say five to ten, I'm really also struggling. when I think I'm not even gonna try and sing them because obviously he's in an octave range that I cannot compete with, but when I picture most of them in my head or I like kind of try and listen to them, they sound very similar. Like when I try and do the deeper underground chorus and then I do the cosmic girl chorus, I just kind of, I'm just replacing the lyrics into the same music. Um, I remember the video though, because basically he's in the video where Godzilla's just tearing the place apart yeah. and he's in some sort yeah. of weird theater that's getting like the Capitol building flooded. Is it? I, I, yeah. I... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I thought for some reason no, I thought it's Madison I Square like, Garden. Wow. I was like, "Wow, what a weird turn of events that he was there again, and he was doing the Capitol building." Wow. All I know is in the movie, Matthew Broderick has to go to Madison Square Garden because he's like Godzilla's terrorizing the garden, and then, <laughs> spoiler alert, at the end they find the baby in the garden. <laughs> well, you just ruined a movie from like 1998. That wasn't very good, but there's a new one coming out, so we're okay. Oh, God. Godzilla versus King Kong. Really? Again? Yep. Now there's a mismatch. This Can we time just, we've, personal. Sometimes we discuss... Um, what? Where's the mismatch? Obviously, I'm, I'm interested. Obviously, Godzilla would win. You kind of have to agree here. 
Like it's a dinosaur that breathes fire <laughs> against just a giant alien gor- <laughs> against a giant gorilla. Like it's don't not- get me wrong. Like the the only way King Kong wins is if he like surprise attacks Godzilla and gets the one hit on him that knocks the, him out. You know the the but only King the- King Kong's got more athleticism. He can yeah, move. But he's got he fire quicker on fire. Oh, is- it's still fur as well. So fundamentally, you've got a fire-breathing dinosaur yeah, and a furry if, animal. What if he fits himself with like a fireproof jacket? Okay, we're not oh, okay. modding the animals here. <laughs> okay. The only dumber like uh, debate ever is oh, when yes. anyone is when Give anyone me, ever Eddie. says Batman would beat Superman. Yes. It's the <laughs> stupidest thing ever. Yeah, but they had what was it? The same people? What were they called? They had the same. Mums that were called something, can't remember. What? what? Well, in Batman versus Superman. Oh, he's talking about the new one. Oh, yeah, okay, the I'm new not, one, the the Ben Affleck one. Yeah. Have you not I'm seen not, it? No. It's why would it's, I? It's a solid six out of ten. Yeah, no. <laughs> I just don't understand. I don't understand how anyone could convince themselves that Batman, who fundamentally is just a weird billionaire who does martial arts and wears a suit, is going to compete with an alien who can, as we've, we've had this debate before, cannot fly, right? Like this is agreed. Frank, we once had this long investigation into whether or not uh, Superman has the power of flight. And how, and how he flies. And it's That was like a two hour debate. Yeah, anyone who's who's vaguely interested by what we've just said, just start searching for it. You can do a deep dive into some Reddit threads. And some other websites where they go into the idea that he's he's not flying, he's just jumping really, really high. <laughs> it's, it's just the f- power of jump. Either that or one was because he has uh, telekinesis, that he's actually yeah. moving everything around him. He's not moving himself. Which is, is actually work. really crazy to think about. <laughs> yeah, you know when he rotates the earth? by spinning around it really quickly yeah. constantly. Yeah. So that's not flying. He's just jumped and then it's just originally orbited. So in the original Superman powers, this is like, this is the issue for the debate. It's like when Superman, the character was created, he did not have the power of flight. And so then for sort of big Superman fans, they're like, how do we explain now that he's kind of developed flight over time and so that's why they've gone through this process of being like, we have to accept, obviously, that he can do something that resembles flight, but he doesn't have the power of flight. And so the only idea, the, the two most accepted ideas are either that he is just jumping really, 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 really far, which I guess you could just say your airplane has just jumped from New York to London, or you could, or <laughs> that he is literally just moving the rest of the world and he his, remains His psionic sense, that's what they yeah. call it. But if you're moving the rest of the world, surely every other thing has to move because he travels between worlds and things like that. But And so just keep that in mind when you think about this is a guy who cannot defeat a man who has a bat attached to his chest. <laughs> just a real loser. <laughs> he can manipulate the entire <laughs> earth in his mind, but can't defeat a rich man with a Batman logo on his chest. Yeah. The fucking guy moved the sun. In one of the episodes he moves the sun, yet he can't defeat a a billionaire who is decent at martial arts from Liam Neeson teaching him. Which um, billionaire? Yeah. Of the like of the really popular billionaires. I say popular not in terms of legitimate popularity, but well known. 
which billionaire do you think would be the most a most likely to try and be a batman like character and b could be the best batman like character okay most likely to be elon musk 100%, yeah. <laughs> like 100%, oh yeah that's a great elon call musk. that's a great call he's also got a kind of bat like face so it would sort of work that way too oh and I, I i can give you a bat woman or bat girl Kylie Jenner. <laughs> He's a billionaire. <laughs> she would love to get dressed up into like a Batgirl costume. <laughs> For a second there, I was having to work out which Jenner was which was the issue. So I didn't know if you were making a like a it's the one like the young one that's like the billionaire. <laughs> <Kate No. Jenner. laughs> stunning, <laughs> stunning and brave. <laughs> Just running but, people over with her Batmobile. <laughs> Nothing can stop the- her apart from parallel parking. <laughs> that would be the best <laughs> film ever. Just watching her terribly drive everywhere. <laughs> okay, but Speaking Elon Musk of- wouldn't be oh, the best Batman, though. Like, he would no. be the most likely to be. To be Batman. But in terms He's also of like, our closest- someone that could competently build gadgets and weaponry that could fight crime. Actually, he would fit in that part because he's got the scientific background as well. Although it wasn't Batman that made the weapons, but who made the weapons? Could, it was like his company made them. At least in the new in the new versions, it was like yeah. he had a secret branch in his company that would make all these military grade weapons and stuff like that. And and they knew he was experimental Batman. stuff. No, they didn't. They no, because he would no, because no, no, of course like, they did. No, they didn't. <laughs> Why do you I need don't... the Batmobile? Because <laughs> um. <laughs> it wasn't a Batmobile. It was just like a super, like, effective. And then what he takes war it, machine. He, so they they build the mobile, and then he goes like he, he batifies up, it. He calls up like <laughs> he calls up Exhibit, and they pimp his ride. Yeah, pretty <laughs> it much turns into the Batmobile. Pretty much. He's like, you know what, you're gonna love dog. I've stuck. I've stuck a 32 inch TV in the back. <laughs> Fundamentally, isn't the car like nuclear powered as well? So there's going to be some question marks here with Exhibit. <laughs> oh, he's, he's fine. He's fine. He can handle anything. Speaking of which, how did the Batcave... How was the Batcave made? There's a lot of holes, I think. Oh, I mean, that's a good one. Here's the thing is, I'm sure there's people out here listening who are big comic book fans who are just screaming at their phone or whatever they're listening to this on saying that we're idiots <laughs> their and that girlfriend this is... <laughs> completely oh, no. different reason but no, no. girlriends frank if, you, if you're this if you're this into batman there's no girlfriend <laughs> let's be real <laughs> if you know a hundred percent how the bat cave was made that's the only cave you've been exploring and uh <laughs> but he yeah i'm sure there's people out there who th- this is probably in a similar fashion to when we looked into him flying, Superman flying, I'm sure this has all been explained. But Batman's ability to keep his identity secret from everyone apart from his butler is kind of... I'm not even going down to the people don't recognize him or whatever, but legitimately you would have had to have worked for Wayne Enterprises or whatever and made everything and been like, hey, I made that gun the other day and then I saw Batman using it. Do you think Bruce Wayne is Batman by any chance? They're like, same height, same build. Never seen them together at the same time. No, then we must have sold it to some other guy. Yeah, just put two and two together here. Like, wow, Batman's got a lot of stuff. 
Like, how has he got a lot of stuff in Gotham? There's one rich person. Gotham is a poor city. There is one rich person. It's got to be him, surely. I mean, it's not like it's like the Joker suddenly is like, oh, well, I've been both. That would be pretty good, actually. That would be a good plot twist. So speaking of money, one of the other things I wanted to bring up before we actually get into our NFL picks is at the end of the year, one of the great things about the NFL is players who probably, you know, maybe don't have anything to play for their teams already in the playoffs or out of the playoffs will all of a sudden really step it up because they need to hit their incentives in their contracts. So here are some of the biggest incentive hits. Uh, I'll just go through the ones that actually happened in week 17. So Rams outside linebacker Leonard Floyd entered Sunday's game needing half a sack to earn a $1.25 million incentive. He got that sack. So he got his $1.25 million sacking one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen play an NFL game in what's-his-face from the Cardinals. Uh, Zadarius Smith needed 12 and a half sacks to get a million dollar bonus. And he got that Devonte Parker needed four catches and 73 yards to get a $750,000 bonus, which he got despite them getting absolutely blown out of the house by the bills. And this was, this was, I, so the last two was Emmanuel Sanders for anyone who watched some of the games he made a catch for 500,000. He needed like 60 catches and on the catch, he was like lying on the ground and started celebrating in the air and like a random point in the fourth quarter. And no one really understood what was happening until the announcers kind of made the statement that he just cashed in a half a mil on that catch. But Tyler Lockett needed, I think like one more catch to get a $600,000 bonus. And he was like, literally just needed that one. Oh, sorry. Sorry. It was David Moore, not uh, Tyler Lockett. David Moore needed one more catch for a $100,000 bonus. And the game had basically ended and he wasn't going to get it. And Russell Wilson realized he needed it. So instead of kneeling down in victory formation, he did like a short little shuttle pass to David Moore to get him the 100000 And then they knelt and won the game. Is that if you were on the Niners... Do you take disrespect to that, that instead of just kneeling down, they run an actual play on you? I think they did, right? It kind of like a little bit of a scuffle broke out. No. I think once they explain why they did it, I think you'd get it if you were a player. Um, yeah. They weren't clearly trying to like advance the ball or anything. He yeah. just I caught mean, it and fell. The people who'd be most annoyed fundamentally are like people running the organizations who would feel like... <laughs> They got Could cheated be. out of a hundred thousand. Yeah, a little bit. You'd be like, <laughs> oh, you side with the you side with the rich white owners, Eddie. What a surprise. Yeah. I know which side my bread is buttered. Now, the interesting thing for all these NFL players, right, is the the paychecks just got a lot smaller. All of their payoff, their playoff game checks, same for every player in the league. So whether you're Patrick Mahomes or some walk-on who's on a squad somewhere, you're getting the same check this week, which is, I always found to be like one of the more interesting aspects of American sports. Yeah, that's weird. But I don't get it. So are they getting, so it's like Patrick Mahomes getting a check for being in the playoffs and then getting a separate check for his normal salary. 
No, his confused. normal salary. Yeah, so your normal that. salary is like prorated per week. So it's like an eight month salary, basically. Yeah. From the start of preseason to the end of the regular season. And then you don't know if you don't make the playoffs, you're not getting paid from like for all the teams that didn't make the playoffs, they are not getting paid from last week until when the season starts again. You don't even get paid in like OTAs and all that stuff. They get kind of, again, all the same level of paycheck. Now, do you think a player like Mahomes, do you think he splits that out over 12 months or do you think he takes it in that time span in that window? I don't think they have a choice. Oh, I'm sure they have a choice. I don't think they have a choice. I think they I ha- have a I think choice. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't think they have a choice. I think, uh, I think that's how they have to do it. I've never heard a player talk about the idea that he's opted instead to have it paid out over 12 months. Wow, and you that's do hear why they go broke. <laughs> yes, no, but they do openly. They do openly speak about this idea, and particularly in their first, like that, they'll the season ends and then if they've kind of got used to like, say you're only quote unquote earning 400,000 a year, those are pretty big checks you're getting on a weekly basis. And then the season ends and you still got a lot of those same overheads and expenses, but all of a sudden there's no check coming in. You know, you got to tighten your belt pretty quickly. (laughs) I read an article the other day that Travis Kelsey said he blew through his entire rookie contract, like paycheck to paycheck almost. And his main reason was when he first got his money, he spent it all on a Rolex and the Marty McFly shoes that Nike came out with. And he said his apartment was like bare bone, minimum apartment with like a couch, a bed, a TV. And he was barely able to pay rent, but he would walk around with his Rolex and his Marty McFly shoes. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they're not smart, right? Like they're not... And you hear all of them, a lot of them, and this isn't necessarily his fault, their fault, obviously, it's based on backgrounds. A lot of them don't know about the concept of tax. So they sign an $8 million a year contract. They think they've got $8 million. And then it turns out they've only got four. Like that comes as a bit of surprise to you when you've spent eight. Um, but I mean, I, I mean, speaking of which, because obviously, I, uh, did you see that uh, Russell Okung opted to get half of his salary in Bitcoin? Yeah, first I didn't NFL, see that. First NFL player to be officially paid in Bitcoin. Wait, so they have to buy it to then give it to him? Yeah. So he has a Bitcoin wallet, and each week the team, or two weeks, whenever, how I, I guess, however often frequently they're actually paying him, they are having to buy the appropriate value of Bitcoin and then put that into his Bitcoin wallet. Ooh, at the moment, it's it's hitting a high, isn't it? It's like thirty thousand. I think it no, just it's, hit. it's like thirty. It's like almost forty now. Well, yeah. we're talking different currencies, probably, but yeah, I think it's like thirty-eight thousand dollars at the moment. No, uh, U.S. Oof. It's like forty U.S. Yeah. I mean, that's that'll tank at some point. Yeah, some I may point. or may not do my gambling transactions in Bitcoin. <laughs> so I think it would be quite novel. Like... I think there's a novelty in probably paying by it, but it is a bit of a fat. I don't really get it, to be honest. I don't. I don't understand. Like, okay, well, we'll I'm just we'll, a simple person. We'll draw a line in the sand. The Big Chill Podcast is officially anti-Bitcoin. Anti-cryptocurrency podcast. Are, are we anti-all cryptocurrency or just Bitcoin? All crypto. All crypto. All cri- we're anti-crypto. I like it. I like cash. Cash is king. 
Yeah, if I can't put it in my hand and stuff it in my oversized wallet, I don't want to be part of it. <laughs> or under, <laughs> under your mattress. Oversized wallet. Do you mean like a novelty size one, like novelty checks no, that you get? No, but it is like novelty size when you see the wallet that Eddie carries around. <laughs> and, and wait, for our listeners, it's not because of it's filled with cash. It used to be. <laughs> nah. I bet it's filled with receipts. No, I'm not a receipt keeper. Um, it's There's a few weird mementos and stuff that are in it. I've got a decent number of cards, so that fills up a bit of it. It used to be... So, for example, Sam, there is a memory relating to you in my wallet, which is I have my ticket stub in my wallet from when we went to Arsenal-Barcelona in the Champions League. No way! Yeah, that is still that in my wallet. That was a memorable wow. game, so the memory is good. That's a good little memento. But so, yeah, why is it in your wallet? Because <laughs> I kept it in my wallet for a while, and then it just gets into there. Suddenly, items become things that just stay there. Like you, they've made does it the become cut. superstition now. A little bit. I mean, that one's it's so faded. Like if I handed it to you, you'd probably be like, "This is a weird piece of blank paper." But. Um, but like I know what it is. The oldest thing I have in my wallet is something from when I was 16 years old. Is it the same wallet or is it just the same? No, 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 no. I've, changed, okay. I've changed wallets since is, then. Is there a Blackburn Rovers piece no. of memorabilia in there? No, nothing Blackburn Rovers related. How many bet slips occupy? None. As you know, famously, I'm very good at losing my bet slips. So I wish that my wallet was where I put them. But as as you also know, they never go in my wallet. So that is... Because that's not good superstition. No. You have so, to find the right uh, pocket that no, wins you a bet. Honestly, and then it goes in that pocket. I'm, oh, really? You have that level of superstition? I was going to say my problem is when I go to like horse racing, you've got like the guide, you've got your stuff already in your pockets, then you've got the bet slips. Winners, losers, you don't do it. And it becomes a mess. I've had the amount of times where I've like taken something out of my pocket, it's dropped on the floor, forgotten about it, and then that's why I have it. a system. So that's why I have certain pockets, like in which when you're wearing a suit, he's got a winner's pocket. When yeah. you're wearing a suit, you got a ton of little pockets, you know, like all over the place. And yes, each one has its purpose. I go inside breast pocket whenever we go to Royal Ascot. All my what I really need there. to do. Everything else goes in my pants pockets. Is that I why your get... ass looks really big? Because you got all the everything else there, no winners. Yeah. <laughs> that's why my that's why my chest looks so small because there's nothing padding that. <laughs> that's what I really need. We need to get like tailored suits that have like strategically positioned pockets, so that we know exactly like this is the winner's pocket. This is the still in play pocket. This is the cash pocket. That's the next level that we gotta we gotta plan for. You could get like a trench coat, you know, the ones where you open them up and people are selling all their illicit stuff oh. in all the pockets. <laughs> yeah. But I guess if we spoke about NFL players' salaries, we can move on to the super wild card weekend. A super wonderful piece. Card. A wonderful piece. I mean, it must have taken them. I'd really legitimately talking about how much people earn. I'd love to know how much some like ad agency or ad executive was paid to come up with super wildcard weekend. Cause I'm sure there was some market research went into it or something, but um, super in, in name and nature. I'll give it, I'll give them that, but 
they could have been a little bit more creative when you already have the Super Bowl. Well, if, spe- speaking of the creativity, did you see that the Packers Bears game is going to be simultaneously broadcast on Nickelodeon? And they're going to do all of these like quirky little tie-ins with things. So I saw one of the uh, previews that they showed was during any field goal attempt, they're going to put pictures of like SpongeBob inside the goalposts. Um, And then like when there's certain plays, there's going to be like cartoon smoke. Like if Tyree kill flies for a touchdown, there's going to be like um, cartoon smoke coming out from his back, you know, as he's like, which game is it or something like that. Do you mean the saints Bears? Yeah. No, sorry. Pa- yeah, Saints Bears. Sorry, Saints okay. Bears. I was thinking last week Packers. So, so if if the Bears lose, do they like slime Mitch Trubisky? So, according, <laughs> yeah. So they said there's going to be slime. That's what it said. So it's going to be four children. There'll be animated graphics, guest reporters, filters on the screen, and of course, slime. So guest it would be really reporters. interesting if it were real slime and the players had no idea. <laughs> Someone gets sacked and Trubisky just gets dumped with slime. <laughs> well, they could at least they could at least replace like the Gatorade with slime. So that yeah, like, I was thinking like, that. if that they would do Gatorade, the Gatorade dump on the on the head coach, Sean Payton just got a bunch of slime just dumped on top. I'm sure he'd love that. <laughs> Sean Payton, who also said he wants 50,000 fans in the Superdome on Sunday. He wants to quarantine all of the fans. Wait, really? That was his suggestion? Yeah, yeah, and he was legitimate about it. He basically said, is there any way, like we're trying to talk with the NFL to think of ways where we can quarantine up to 50,000 people in a hotel and then ship them to the Superdome. Okay, that's the (laughs) largest hotel in the world. Yeah. yeah, I, I mean, don't know. Like, does he know like what, I, the logistics of how insane that is? <laughs> I mean, here's the thing: is too, it's not the dumbest idea in the world. If I mean, for that number of people, okay, never gonna, not feasible. But also, if the team is then covering a lot of the costs associated with that process, like testing and all that kind of stuff, I guess. I'd be more on board with them saying like, look, we've got 10,000 fans in the stands, but all of those 10,000 people spent the last two weeks in hotels and have been tested. So like, this is pretty safe. That would be okay. Like, and that would be actually be interesting if now, right now they started selling some like Super Bowl package. Yeah. It's like, you have to go to Tampa like a month before stay in the hotel, get tested several times. No, you do. You go to where the NBA was. You now just become an like an NBA player. You pay an oh, exorbitant oh. amount of money, and you're That's in good. the Disney whatever they were in. Yeah, they give you the of sports. They, they give it. They call it like the NBA player, the like NBA bubble experience. Yeah, and then <laughs> the day of the Super Bowl, get, they just throw you in a bus and ship you to the Super Bowl, and you watch. And then after I, that, you're good to go. I love the idea of being like get tested every day rigorously. <laughs> yes. It doesn't really sell it for me, but it's a good I, idea. I actually like the No, idea. the daily tests aren't bad. I also like the idea that then you'd make all those people in the NBA bubble experience play like pickup basketball against each other. <laughs> yeah, at the <laughs> end of the day, they, at the end of the games, you just have like a game against each other. I would that would be funny to watch and you televise it as well. 
Could you imagine being an adult and having a random roommate for three weeks leading up to the Super Bowl? <laughs> no, it's hard for me to imagine having a, I mean, I've never had a roommate in my life. I've had how in I've your had own like, room. You've, yeah, you had, I've, yeah, flatmates. I've, I've had flatmates, housemates. I've never had like because the college experience is a little bit different in the UK. I never had an actual roommate. Like I mean, I've buddies. had them. Yeah, I've shared a hotel room with someone and all that kind of stuff, but I've never. Oh yeah, yeah. Wait, so <laughs> I'm not. I'm not some Batman yeah. version. Actually, me and Eddie <laughs> did it the first Royal Ascot, and we tricked the woman into thinking it was like for us. Like <laughs> no, 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 like, no. We didn't. No, 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 no. We did not trick anyone into anything. <laughs> she she thought we were a gay couple. There was no tricking going on. Yeah. There. What do you mean uh, by tricking? Like if we you were like making it. out with each other, we like, sold oh, it. Wow. No. No. How we did sold you sell it. it? No, did no, you no. Grab his ass. As he- yeah, no, we actually, held I'm hands just, as we came in. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna say this is not gonna sound. It's hard to. <laughs> it's hard to say how genuinely, doing? how genuinely harmless this interaction was because, like, there is a way that this could be interpreted as making, like, kind of almost harassing this uh, desk clerk, but. Um, as we were checking in, they obviously two guys checking into a room. She assumed the beds would be together. Um, and then obviously thought we were a gay couple. And then Frank jokingly invited her to join in the room. But, <laughs> but in a way that went down very well. Like I can't possibly do it justice in terms of what the actual joke was, but everyone involved life life like it was a good follow-up to the it was a joke yeah and it was on the heels of her thinking like oh you're gay and one of her colleagues was also listening to this interaction so it was like a very harmless friendly joke that made everybody laugh and nobody uncomfortable but obviously i do understand that propositioning people at hotel check-in desks for threesomes might not be considered totally appropriate no it was like a full joke which she laughed but i think she also laughed more because she still thought we were a gay couple so like it was funny because it was a joke but it was even funnier because there's no way it's going to happen because these two are obviously sleeping together in that bed (laughs) you could be a bisexual couple not with the hands we were holding (laughs) speaking though so wait wait wait. i want to get back to the to your to your never having a roommate so what about university like when you were they don't have dorms really yeah, they you have dorms, but you some of them were there. But. So you can opt for a for some dorms that have two beds in the room. Those are the those are rare. Those are kind of the exception. Hmm. Um, and the uh, only reason to take those are basically because they are much much less expensive. But the standard rooms, even the standard cheap rooms, are all single rooms. Yeah, so I would say it's like. It's definitely the opposite in the States, at least like your first or second year. So like I lived in a legitimate dorm. There were, you know, we had a communal kitchen, communal bathrooms, all that kind of stuff. But I had my own bedroom. Hmm. You're in the rich part, weren't you? If I remember right. I don't know what which, the rich part of a dorm. Which one was it? Which one? Well, was I cannot it? possibly remember the name of if, my if you don't know if it was the rich part, you were in the rich part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you didn't have a butler? <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to no. say, like, remembering University of Surrey dorm names, I'm going to go with, like, 
Twyford or International? Oh, I think it was. I think it, it was might Twyford. Have been Twyford. I think it was Twyford. <laughs> Ooh la la, Mr. Hewitt. But, uh, you know, before anyone thinks this is some luxurious, we had two incidents in my dorm room. The first was there was one moment when all there was some huge issue with the sewers and just sewerage just <laughs> backed up into the entire building. Fortunately, I was on the top floor, so it wasn't really an issue for me apart from. You could kind of smell it, but for the, all the people on the first floor, it just destroyed everything, just pure sewage all over their own floors. Oh, God. And, and then the only other, the only issue that did happen was someone took a shit on a plate. I knew it was and- going to be shit related. <laughs> I started laughing before you even said it because I knew it was going to be shit related. Okay, I'm going to hold the question, but yeah. keep going. And then this is probably at like three or four in the morning. And so took a shit on a plate and then put it in the microwave and then turned the microwave on for like five hours. And so the person who found it, because we had cleaning like once or twice a week, there were cleaners who came into the dorms. They only ever cleaned communal spaces. Um, and so they discovered this rotating shit in a in the microwave and then they went on strike because of it and so the university chancellor had to come to try and deal with this issue and also get to clean people, it no to try and get <laughs> yeah, someone to it went confess. all the way to the top <laughs> to try and get someone to confess i have no idea who did it but it was it was, it was like <laughs> in your memoirs when are you going to reveal the truth eddie <laughs> To save that one those are the those are the juicy tidbits that get people to buy the book <laughs> but no i can tell you it was 100 not me i thought it was funny but also disgusting it did make me laugh more because i just thought how weird the thought process would have yeah. to be that like, was to going to be my question like where was the moment where someone thought that was sensible and i want to know if they were by themselves i want to know if like they did it in front of people as a joke like in front of people as a joke, I could get more because you make people laugh. If you were just like sitting alone at three in the morning and you're like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take a shit on this plate and I'm going to go and stick it in the microwave for five hours. Like that bit. I legitimately would not use that microwave ever again. That was going to be my question. Throw it out that was my it. question. Did you use that microwave? It. No, no, they changed the microwave. That did get So destroyed. the microwave went on strike as well. They had to bring in like uh, people in like hazmat suits. Because it got dealt, <laughs> like legitimately, like the cleaning crew got upgraded, which I only ever saw happen one other time, which was when Dan Rowell just destroyed his room with vomit. <laughs> so for context. I'm trying to think of Dan Rowell puking, and I imagine it was pretty brutal to get to so that we point. Were, we were on the rowing team together, and we went to the rowing team Christmas dinner. And obviously heavy drinking involved. I mean, it was all the sports university sports teams at it, but you all had each had your table. And then when it kind of got competitive between the different sports as to which one was going to drink the most. And then the thing, the rowing team brought was an oar. So like you obviously you drink like an oar of beer cause they're hollow. So you'll do like a yard kind of like doing a yard of ale or whatever, but it will be in the oar. And we'd been drinking red wine throughout the dinner quite heavily and then proceeded to do, boat races with these oars and uh i must have left at midnight and i wasn't feeling great and then i have no idea what time dan left and the next morning i knocked on his door and there was no answer and i thought nothing of it 
And then I like knocked a couple hours later, still nothing. And then eventually maybe around five or six in the afternoon, I knocked and I just got some groans. And then eventually he opened the door and our rooms were probably, I don't know, 10 square meters, eight square meters. And uh, in them, you had a bed, a cupboard and everything. And you did have a sink. So if you were going to be sick, the sink was the place to be sick. He had managed to throw up everywhere but the sink. I mean, literally every part of it, like the floor, the bed, the walls were covered. And because he'd been drinking red wine, it was just like pink vomit all over the place. And I, I was horrified by what I saw. And I was like, oh. I bet the waft of smell went out. Oh, not good. He oh. looked dead. And then, and then he came out in his dressing gown. And I was like, well, I'll help you to try and clean this up. And he was like, I just need to take a shower first. So I was like, okay. He went and took a shower. He came out of the shower and he was like, you know what? I can't be bothered. And he just got back into his bed that was just completely covered in vomit. He just lay back down oh. into it and went to sleep for like another six hours and then had to call the university cleaning crew to come in to clean. Oh. I take it all back about the dorms. <laughs> like whatever was going on in yours, it was not classy. No, 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 definitely not. Yeah, see, all, most, almost all of our dorm rooms always had roommates. I had a roommate for my first two years. There was a, the university area where they had the shared rooms was called Stag Hill, but it was named Slag Hill uh, because it seemed that a lot of people that were staying with each other probably ended up sleeping with each other. I think it was mixed. It was like girls could stay with guys and stuff like that. I think it was mixed, but... That's crazy. Yeah, it was appropriately named Slag Hill. All right. Well, this is a sports podcast, right? So should we um, <laughs> get into the wet and wild card weekend? See, that would have been better if it's raining. You could have called it the wet and wild card weekend. But No, I do not hope that it rains for any of these games. Before we do make our picks, just because we were talking about the prospect of uh, random middle-aged men in the getting the NBA bubble experience and playing pickup basketball against each other. Did any of you see, do you know who the comedian Tom Segura is? Heard of him, but not seen him. Reasonably famous comedian. You might recognize him if you see him. He had a pretty horrific injury in a basketball game. Uh, he, they were like trying to film some basketball sketch and he had an accident as he was attempting to dunk the ball. I'm just going to show you this video for your reactions <laughs> for any listeners. Wait, you... is it really graphic? Is there like a warning that should come with this? I'm about is it to worse it. than Dak Prescott? Yeah. Cause yes. I'm, I'm pretty screamish with these kind of things. No, 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 no. I'm show out. me. Show me. It's one of the worst uh, injuries I've seen in a sporting context. Oh, I'm going to go. Oh, I'm excited. This. You can't necessarily immediately appreciate quite how horrific it is. Um, but for any listeners, if you want to Google it, do just type in Tom Segura, Segura injury. You'll get it. But if you don't like bad injuries, definitely do not do it. Oh. Oh. Oh, oh my God, good. he just folds. Oh. He, 
What was he trying to do? He is way too overweight to do what he was trying to do. He was trying to dunk it. <laughs> he didn't even get off the ground. He slips. But yeah, he oh broke his God. arm and his leg. Oh. It, what's weird about the arm is that it looks perfect that way. It looks like he, it looks like it he's looks legitimately. Himself. It looks legitimately like the arm should be in that direction. I think the best moment is the person kind of gently trying to put it in the right direction. <laughs> Yeah. What do you do? You'd be in such shock at that moment. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, poor Alex Smith. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't go. Well, we look forward to Tom Segura uh, quarterbacking his playoff game next year. Comeback comedian of the year. <laughs> Maybe. Oh Christ. Hey, make standing up a challenge for him for a while. So. Oh. No. That was bad. No. A leg and an arm. That's a double whammy. Oh, yeah. God. Oh, all right. Well, with that let's let's get to the first game, all which right. sadly isn't the Washington game because that would have been a nice smooth segue. Super yeah. wild card weekend. Super wild card weekend, and actually the Bills Colts game. So starting with Bills Colts, so uh, the Bills are six and a half point favorites, but they've got fans in the stadium, haven't they? As well for this one, I think they're allowing seven thousand fans, something like that, into it. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, that's yeah. enough to matter, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I bet you you'll be able to hear them. Yeah. Uh, it's their first home game in 25 years in the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, I was going <laughs> to say, <laughs> <laughs> they have been dealt the roughest NFL yeah. schedule. It's been a long road trip. <laughs> but yeah, so Bills, Colts, and the, um, the Bills are six and a half point favorites. So I can... I'll. I'll lead off with some some facts that I dug up. So only one of these teams has a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense, and it's not the Bills. I thought that was pretty surprising. So maybe the Colts are the more well-rounded team, but the Bills, to me, are just on an absolute tear. So they've been on a six-game win streak. So pretty much Eddie's been saying, you know, for like two months now, ever since the Hell Murray, they've just been on fire. Six-game win streak. They're averaging 38 points in those games. They've covered the spread in the last eight games. So, you know, out of that six-game winning streak, they were still even covering the spread. So that puts me really high on the Bills. The other factor you always have to think about, which we can get into another day, is the weather factor. And I am not a fan of weather playing a factor in playoff games, but – it is in Buffalo. It is outdoors. It's supposed to be under 30 degrees. Philip Rivers hasn't won when the kickoff temperature is below 35 degrees since week 12 of the 2013 season. So he hasn't many won times? in a game I mean, yeah, under 35. Okay, okay, the obvious question there is... How many times has he played in those... I did not have the time to games. go His divisional games wouldn't count. I would say it's all... probably... It's probably got to be, I would say it's probably five or 10 games. Because, I mean, he, he was playing in San Diego, so never a home game. would have like, no. That would have never happened. Probably two then, a year. Probably two a year. Unlikely when he played in Oakland, like road games in Oakland, potentially in Kansas City. Um, so a big difference between five or 10. If it was yes. five, I'd be like, well... 10 is, yeah, no, 10 if is it's, a if pretty you, important stat. If it's 35 games, he's never won in these conditions, then it's legitimate. If it's three, then it's just 
And in addition to that, the three times he's played that, he's played against good teams or something. You know, I, I we need some more context to this stat, Frank. But it is a good stat, again, though. I like the stat. It's, it's a it good is, stat, but but every week I tell you, you you're, you're the king of coming up with stats that kind of sound impressive and kind of don't. And this is this is that stat this week. <laughs> I saw a good stat. I don't know. Let's compare this one. So I saw that the Colts have only given away six 40-yard-plus plays this season on defense, which I thought was pretty good. But actually, they've given away 53 passing plays between 20 to 40 yards of territory. And that is that is Allen territory right there. Like no, that see, is... see, this is why you're the squid, Sam, and Frank is not. Because Frank just throws... Frank would have just had the stat about the 40-plus-yard plays. And then we would have said, like, well, have they had 39-yard plays? And Frank would be like, I didn't have time to look those up. But you, on the other hand, the squid has come prepared. You've used one of those tentacles to look at the 40-plus. You've used another tentacle to look at the 20 to 40-yard uh, plays. It just helps with eight screens. Just exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, that, was a good, that was interesting for me because the, 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 the passing plays between 20 and 40 yards is the 10th worst in the league. So they're notoriously known for the defense. But when you look at it recently, has that really turned up, that defense? Not majorly. The thing that would worry me about their defense is they play a very similar scheme to the 49ers in that they don't rush a lot of players. They rely very heavily on their linebackers. And the Bills kind of picked apart the Niners. (laughs) So it would work. I I kind of feel like we've maybe seen what this looks like already in fairly recent history. For that reason, I just, I don't see how the Colts, even though they do have a good defense, I don't see how they slow the bills totally down. And I don't see how I can trust Phil Rivers in an absolute shootout because sooner or later, if you're, if you're going to ask me which one of them makes more dumb mistakes, Rivers or Allen, it's obviously going to be rivers for me. Even if last year, Allen did make a couple really bad decisions in a playoff game and blow a fairly sizable lead. But Mm. for that reason, I'm going to take the bills to win and to cover. Um, I feel I'd say this is the one I'm most comfortable about in the slow games. Out of all six. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll go also go with Eddie, take the bills uh, to win and to cover, Um, you know, regardless of how he is in 36 degree temperature games i'm just not sold on rivers he's a good qb but i went through it last week you know all his games this year he's had so many chances in the fourth quarter and has blown a majority of them you know he's just not someone it's especially considering the way the bills are scoring there's a very likely chance that come fourth quarter you need him to step up and have a great fourth quarter to win it. And he has not done that this year at all in times when it counts. So I'm not going to trust Rivers. Uh, I'd be a lot safer, I think, in trusting Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs at home uh, with the streak that they're on. So I'll stick with the Bills. Yeah, I think last three games, you mentioned about the Bills scoring average, but in the last three, they've averaged 48 or 47.7 to be exact. So they're pretty unstoppable at the moment. And interesting stat for me as well is one of the, one of the best defensive stats for Indianapolis is that um, a lot of interceptions. They, um, they have a lot of takeaways, but actually the Bills do too. 
in that defense. And like um, Eddie mentioned, that I would trust Allen over Rivers to minimize those. And so if you've already got a defense that's pretty good at it. Another thing that was interesting is in the playoffs, you're kind of separating the the weak from the complete teams at the moment. Like this is the round it's going to happen in. And for me, when you look at the Colts winning record, uh, record against winning teams, teams with a winning record, they're two and four. And it, it kind of matters. I think things like that matter when they start coming up against the good teams. How have they done previously? And it doesn't look that great for them. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you three. I'm taking the, um, the bills and the points. So plus two, right. We, and we've discussed it over the course of the season. Part of the, obviously their offense, the bills offense has improved significantly over the course of the season, but the real key was that at the beginning, their defense was really bad. And for a team that had kind of built its reputation on its defense in previous seasons, it just wasn't turning up. And now, not that it's one of the best defenses in the league, but it's definitely pretty decent. And that's been the real transformation in their team and that they get stops and they force turnovers now. So to me, that's the other concern for the Colts is maybe if we'd been looking at this sort of six or seven weeks ago, I would have thought, well, the Colts could win this 45-44. But now I just don't think that they'll be able to keep up, keep pace. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up is the Rams at the Seahawks. And the Seahawks are three and a half point favorites. I guess the million dollar question here is who's going to be the quarterback for the Rams? Is it though? It's highly unlikely golf, apparently. Like that's what I read. But well, it's, it has, it's, nothing's been said head coach wise, like McVeigh or anything like that. No one's no one's said anything. But Frank's point, I think, is when you actually look at Goff, his last three starts before his injury, three touchdowns, three interceptions. He's not he doesn't throw deep. It's it's very kind of it was very kind of flat from Goff going into that. And the good thing about Wolford, right? Yeah, okay. It wasn't great, but it was a crunch game and I thought the running gave them something a bit different against the Cardinals kind of gave them a slightly different dynamic and I think that will help them against the Seahawks defense as well so my pick is based that Wolford will play I don't think it's going to be that detrimental but my pick is based on Wolford playing FYI um on so, that point so I, I think yeah I agree Goff has not been outstanding this year the part where I think Goff starting factors in is he does have a decent amount of playoff experience. I mean, they took a run to the Super Bowl, so he knows what it takes. He knows, you know, not to get nervous in, in these crunch time games. But, I mean, you know, we can take a quote from Ted Lasso. If McVay can tell Wolford to go out there and be a goldfish and have a 10-second memory, because the way Seattle's defense is playing now, they're going to get some turnovers, and they're probably going to sack them. But if he can just forget about it and just move on to the next play and not realize that he's in the biggest game of his career, he looked decently competent last week when they needed a win to get in. You know, it didn't look terrible. Um, and I think for me, the difference is the Rams defense just looks on fire this second half of the year. And the Seahawks offense has looked pretty poopy the last six weeks. So when you put those together, I just don't, I can see. Seattle being under 17 points. And wow. if Wolford can get to 21, I think they can win. Harsh words from Frank. Pretty poopy. <laughs> brutal, brutal you assessment. Know, you know, I'm going to disagree with you because when I think of Seattle or when anyone thinks of Seattle, you know, you talked about Ted Lasso 
and the idea of can Wolford be a goldfish? I think of Seattle, I think flannel, I think 90s rock, I think of the space needle, and I think of their fish market where they th- are famous for throwing those fish. And I think you're going to see the Seattle Seahawks just tossing Wolford's goldfish corpse all over that field. So I am confident in my selection that Seattle will win and cover the spread. So you've just metaphored on my metaphor? Exactly. <laughs> wow. How metaphorical. Yes. But no, I think uh, genuinely, this is an interesting one because in some respects, the Seattle's downturn came after they played the Rams that first time around and Wilson had that bad game. And they've kind of not had the explosiveness in their offense ever since then. But I think that the win for the Rams last week is just a little misleading and it makes us not realize the significance of the drop up, drop off at quarterback. And the thing that kind of forgetting is they were playing against another backup quarterback. So there was no pressure on him really to, I mean, he played against a team that scored seven points. So he never got the ball in a situation of, uh Oh, I better put a drive together or I even just need to hold the ball. I need to give my defense a break and have a six minute drive. Even if we end up punting, like I've got to do something here. He's undoubtedly going to be put in a situation this weekend where he's going to have to do that, where Seattle are going to score a couple, you know, a couple touchdowns on consecutive drives, or they're going to be losing. And I am not going to think that I trusted a quarterback in the playoffs who I hadn't heard of two weeks ago. I mean, Seattle did just beat the Rams, what, two weeks ago, 20 to nine. So, you know, that's pretty recent form (laughs) to go off of. And I think that was also in CenturyLink. Oh, no, actually, no, that was, was it? I don't remember actually. That was was. one of Goff's worst games of the season though, right? And that says a lot. Like, that was a bad old game. I mean... For me, the Rams defense will get to Wilson a lot. They've already posted 53 sacks in the regular season. I know they'll get to him again. But what was interesting is that the Seahawks defense, for the last time they scored over 30, I'll take the Jets game away because they won 40 to 3, which is a bit of a blowout, but was when they lost to the Bills on the 8th of November. Um, that's when they last time they scored over 30. Um, I think I saw a stat in the last two games in the first half, they've had a combined 12 points. Um, in those two first half games. And I just I just feel like I, I want to go for a defense that is consistent against an offense that is inconsistent and actually not performing that well at the moment. And also, interestingly enough, um, when they lost to the Rams, the one that Eddie mentioned, um, the Rams forced three turnovers in that game as well, and they really stifled Wilson. So I just think if Wolford can just not have to do anything extravagant and let the defense take most of the, the work here. I, I think this should be fine. So my, my pick anyway is going to be the Rams to win and to obviously take the points. So that's my pick. Uh, Eddie, here or Seahawks as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Seahawks to win and cover the spread. I think the other thing here too, is that the Seahawks are kind of, they've kind of pulled a trick on everyone over the course of this season, which is the talking point for the first few games was how explosive their offense was Russell Wilson was going to be MVP. And then I think kind of secretly and quietly, they've transformed back into the Seattle team that they've kind of always been under Pete Carroll, which is a defense first team. 
And I do think when you look at the back half of this, like part of the reason why Russell Wilson isn't putting up the same numbers that he was is because he doesn't need to anymore. We talked about that, you know, like early on when we would talk about could they possibly be a contender for the Super Bowl? Kind of the reasoning was no, because you're requiring that Russell Wilson be perfect in order for you to win games. He doesn't have to be perfect anymore. And part of that could make you doubt them because he isn't playing as well. But in many ways, that makes me more confident because they don't need him to be amazing. They need him to make some plays and not be terrible. Obviously, he could lose the game for them, but they don't need him to do anything extraordinary for them to win this game. What's interesting with that, I I don't disagree with you in that respect, but the teams they've beaten since that loss to the Bills at November 8th is the Jets, Washington, Eagles, and the last one out against the 49ers. So they haven't beaten the big teams. They've lost to the big teams in that period. Was that? I thought that was before. No, no, that was that wrong. But that was two two games ago. Yeah, twenty nine. Okay, yeah, I got that wrong. So apart from the Rams, you know, they haven't beaten many big teams around them. Granted, they've beaten their divisional rivals, but they um, haven't played many big teams, though, right? I mean, it's four games, isn't it? They've only had, they've only beaten the easier teams. I guess would be the point. Rams. They only played them. You can only beat the teams you play, right? And obviously, they did lose to the Giants. That's the kind of standout loss on their record, which is not that long ago. But the Giants lost aside. It's not like they lost to teams that were bad. Yeah. I think for me, though, I think this will be a low-scoring affair. I think it'll be a close affair as well. I, I can see this being really low-scoring. So I think that plus three and a half just makes me feel a bit better as well with the fact that I think it'll be low-scoring. So. Wait, who are you taking? Because you said I'm taking the Seahawks as well. You're taking the Rams. Yeah, I'm taking the Rams and to win. So I'm the only one taking the Seahawks. I, I didn't know if Frank could. Frank, you taking Rams? I'm going to take the Rams and the Rams to win. Okay. Yeah, it's just me. Just me standing on that needle. Just you on the favorites. You're not standing on the needle. <laughs> <laughs> now, one of the bigger spreads, one of the more lopsided games, the Bucks at Washington. And um, the Bucks are nine point favorites. Another quarterback question here, right? Like how healthy how healthy is Alex Smith? Another question to kind of needs to be answered because he was not good last week. So I mean, if I'd had any thoughts that I could trust this Washington team, that the fact that they have a pass rush meant that they could maybe cause Brady some issues. And we've talked about the stats in previous weeks of his performance when he's get under pressure versus not no pressure. And he's it's two different quarterbacks. But the fact that I don't, again, kind of similar to Russell Wilson, I don't think Tom Brady needs to be extraordinary in order for them to win this game. I also just think the Buccaneers are finding form at just the right time. Their defense looks good. Their offense looks good. You know, Tom Brady, again, speaking of how the Seahawks defense secretly kind of had a good year. I actually think Tom Brady had a year that was better than, even though it is getting some attention, I mean, he threw 43 touchdowns as a 43-year-old. It's kind of extraordinary. Um, In a lot of other seasons, he would have been a serious MVP contender. Um, So I'm going to take the Buccaneers to win and to cover the spread. Yeah. I mean, you're right. The Bucs offense is peaking at the right time. But um, Washington have the one thing that can make life uncomfortable for Brady. It's It's not a bad matchup. If that makes sense, for lack of a better term, like not is it a reminder that but... 
Is it a reminder that he had a child with another woman? I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> so I'm just not getting. Either um, does Tom. <laughs> Making it uncomfortable for him, sure. <sighs> Look, the Bucks score average over 30 points a game. And the thing is, even if that pass rush does make it uncomfortable for them and it brings it down a little bit, can you really see Washington doing any more than that? The only thing that makes me worry is that if they do start bringing it down to like, if they start like getting to them, that nine suddenly looks more interesting because you only need Washington to post a little bit to kind of get close. But the thing is, the Washington offense is pretty bad, right? They've got a tendency to throw the ball away. I think they've had like 16 picks this season, but also if they're not passing, (laughs) <laughs> to be honest, they're not rushing either. They'd only rushed like 1,600 yards this season, so they haven't really got a ground game to do it either. Um, I I think this will be fine for the Bucks. I just think they're peaking at the right time, and um, everything about the Washington one is a feel-good story, but yeah, the, it comes to an end now. This is one of those games where it just separates the kind of real credential teams and the Super Bowl potential teams from the ones that have just got there. So, yeah, I'll take the Bucks to win and to cover. Yeah, this is... The spread is, I think, what makes this tough. I mean, that's a big spread for a playoff game. So, the stats I have for this one, Eddie, you can pick holes in them. This year in primetime games, Tom Brady and the Bucks are 1-4. in four. So, they lost to the Bears... They beat the Giants and arguably probably shouldn't have beat the Giants, got demolished by the Saints and lost to the Rams. So their record in prime time when Tom Brady is way past his bedtime and has to get out there and throw the ball, they don't look so great. I can't wait Second, for two, I can't wait until like a week from now when you tell us there's no way Patrick Mahomes is gonna win because his record when Venus is in retrograde is like two and six. Well, I think playing at night is a pretty significant. What's that record thing. in playoffs, though? Because Brady's going to have enough. Yeah, but here's the know. issue: is every year Brady's getting like six years older. Father Time is <laughs> Wait, catching what? up with them. I don't think. Oh my that. god, it's catching up with them. So oh three years ago, Superman he got played like a thirty-year-old, but now he's playing like a thirty-eight-year-old. He's a forty-three-year-old. That's a pretty good 40. one. So he's a forty-three-year-old. Exactly. Didn't, so by next year, he's going to be playing like a 43-year-old. Didn't Tom Brady win a Super Bowl when he was 38? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think the nighttime game is, is a slight concern. I mean, that's a pretty big stat to be one in four and to have the record they do. With it's not a nighttime game. What, half game, of their though, losses right? being at it night? Is a, it, it is a nighttime hour, game. But it's an hour earlier than primetime games in other circumstances, ah, I believe. So does that not count as prime time? Because it's an so hour. Maybe, would, no, it would. I think it still counts as prime maybe time. Maybe first half, he'll still be awake. Okay, so, so he has can... to put up enough points in the first half. The other stat that I think people don't realize is Alex Smith is actually 5-1 and one as a starter this year. So, yeah, they're 7-9, and nine, but they're 5-1 and one with Alex Smith starting. Whether we're getting a 100% Alex Smith, I don't think we are. Um, I've read, I think yesterday, they were contemplating even rotating QBs. Yeah, I had that in the as first well. half. So that way he's rested or well enough to finish the game in the fourth quarter 
And that's really scary to me. Um, yeah, the the Bucks have just been looked looking really good lately. Uh, I mean, they're averaging almost forty a game these last few games. I definitely would pick the Bucks to win. I'm a little hesitant that the other Tom Brady factor, like Eddie talked about, is when you can get him under some pressure. And the Giants are notorious in the playoffs for getting him under pressure. And you know he has several big losses against the Giants when the Giants were able to rush him and and put pressure on him. If the if Washington can do that, maybe they can keep it close. Um, I, I I don't know. I'm torn with the points. But I, I just think- had to stop you here just to correct one other thing. The Giants are not notorious in the playoffs for anything. <laughs> they are. They've had two two playoff appearances, I think, since 2000. It, albeit they won the Super Bowl on both occasions, but. Against the Patriots. Yeah. Remember, we're doing a brand new set of rankings with this as well. So regular season's past us, Frank. So you've got to start thinking tactically as well. Is this where you deviate and take the plus nine? No, you know what? I already did my teaser and I picked the Bucks with the points. So I'm going to stick with the Bucks. Yeah, it's worth it. Maybe I can just have my one moment in the sun, right? I am coming into this as regular season champion, both picking the winners of games and against the spread. So, yeah, that's great. So you get like a first round buy. But when it comes down to it, Eddie, it's the playoffs that matter. And I'm right. sitting in second place here, um, just biting at your heels. You're right. But I want, I want my regular season title and I want my playoff title. And next year I'm going. Unfortunately, the- this this is an English football, and we don't give a shit about your regular season title. <laughs> You're right. Neither do I. But next year I will. But next year I will go for the 17-0. That's the real target here. Next up. Although I guess is- actually next year it's 18-0. But yeah. Ravens at the Titans, and the Ravens are three point favorites. So, um, I mean. Combined running yards are insane with these two teams. I didn't. I, I don't know the stats, but you know they're going to be like over five thousand. What combined between them? Maybe, got to maybe more, maybe just slightly under. But I mean, they're going to be, be around the five thousand mark. You got two thousand from Henry alone. So yeah, <laughs> yeah I would okay, guess. Yeah. I would guess they're over five thousand combined. I don't know the stat off the top of my head, but my guess is yes. Oh wait, I just got it. Five thousand seven hundred. It's pretty impressive. So is this going to be the quickest game of football of the wild cards? I mean, it could be, it could be, this could, could be. be a really, it could be a great game or it could be a really ugly game. I don't mean cause I carry people carrying the ball, but if either one of these teams gets put in, particularly the Ravens put into a situation where they have to throw it, this game could get ugly pretty quickly, both in scoreline and just in terms of quality. Is that an overall problem, though? Because one of the worst things with the Titans is their passing defense. <laughs> no, they have, like, the worst rush defense in the NFL, don't they? Aren't they, like, bottom five for rush defense, too? They just have a bad defense. They I mean, they're, like, 27th defense. That's defense. what we're saying. Yeah. I mean. Uh, yeah, look. Uh, everyone knows Lamar Jackson is an elite passer of the football. And... <laughs> With no playoff <laughs> concerns at all. No, but this is this is obviously an intriguing one because this is a rematch of their playoff game last year when the Titans kind of, I think, announced themselves on the scene as a legitimate team by handedly beating the Ravens um, in one of the bigger upsets of last year. 
not that I think Ray, the Ravens need any extra incentive, but probably I'm sure that they've been talking about how uh, the Titans derailed their season a year ago. It's a tough one because the Titans beat the Ravens earlier in the year. In many ways, I think I can put a valid argument together for why I think either one of these teams should win this game pretty easily. And the fear I have with the Ravens is you talked about how Seattle was had been beating kind of unimpressive teams. I mean, the Ravens have looked incredible for the past few weeks, but with the exception of their game against the Browns, they have been playing some of the worst teams in the NFL. And, and, so it, and you could make the argument that that Browns game, they didn't even play that well. I mean, I understand they put up 47 points, but I watched that game and I left thinking, how the frig did they score 47 points and win this game? I mean, Lamar Jackson, he ran great, but he threw terrible. Frig. Am I going to have to take our explicit rating away? You, yeah, <laughs> I've hit I hit my limits of f bombs okay. for the day. I'm trying to rein it in. It's it's fair. I mean that that kind of Jekyll and Hyde nature of them. Like, what is it? They score forty one against the Texans, but concede thirty eight. They scored forty. Uh, they conceded forty against the Packers. Forty one against the Browns, but they scored forty five. Um, sorry, they scored forty five against the Colts. Uh, you know, even in that loss to the Browns, they still scored thirty five. I mean, this is the team that can score can score and concede a ton. For me, though, I just think the Ravens are consistently better at the moment. I'd probably go with that. I, I just think they have a better ability than the Titans, and I just think the lack of defense that the Titans have will matter. And so, I don't know. It's tough, but I'm going to go with the Ravens and to cover on this one. Yeah, I'm I'm I can't back the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. I think this is now for me starting to be one of those I have to be proven otherwise. Um he's you know games that matter, prime time playoff games, he isn't the greatest QB. Um and the issue will be if they allow him to run around and pick up first downs with his legs, they have a really good shot to win. But Tennessee's defense hasn't been great, but the last two times they played the Ravens, they've shut him down really well. And I think they, you know, obviously know the game plan of what they want to do. And if they can stick to it, like they did the last two games, I think they can beat, beat them. Um, I agree. The Ravens have looked great against the Bengals, the giants, the Jaguars and the Browns and the Cowboys besides the Browns, none of those teams are even close to playoff teams. Well, I guess the Giants technically were close to a playoff team, but and the um, Cowboys. They ended up two back. And and they beat the Colts pretty handsomely. Yeah, I mean again, I I I would rather go against them and be proven otherwise. And I need Lamar Jackson to show that he is an elite game winning QB when it matters. So I'll take the Titans. They have a lot of good previous experience against them. They're also pretty hot for the most part, their offense at least, uh, and it's home. So I'll take the Titans to win and to cover. All right. Well, I think I'm going to hope this is what puts me two ahead of Frank already, only four games in. I'm going to be taking the Ravens to win and to cover. I get what you're saying. I, I kind of need to see it from Lamar in the playoffs to totally believe it. But I do think this is, even though the Ravens are only two and four, I think, this year against teams with a winning record, and the, and the we already mentioned the Browns and the Colts are the only two teams they've beaten. 
So not exactly the top of the league in terms of quality. Um, I just think they are coming into form at the right time, and the Titans' defense is just so terrible. I The Texans yeah. scored on eight consecutive drives last weekend. Like that is, even if they improve slightly, even if you tell me that the Ravens are going to score on five out of eight drives, that's going to be really tough for the Titans. That is a lot of pressure on them. And I just don't want to trust a team where defensively they seem so bad. Like that is not a playoff defense in any way, shape or form. And so even if I need to see it from Lamar Jackson, I definitely need to see it from this Titans defense before I trust them. Either way, I think whoever wins this game is one and done, but I'm going to take the Ravens. I mean, even I understand what you're saying about the Titans defense. I, I completely agree. It has looked pretty bad, but do you not take into account the last two times they've played the Ravens? I mean, yeah, their defense hasn't looked great, but obviously they're doing something right against against the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. I, I, he, you know, what do you have? I want to say I, it was like a worst game of the year. He had like two interceptions in the playoff game. And in this one, he had like 150 yards or something like that. And a touchdown interception, you know, like their defense isn't good, but against the Ravens, it is. Their defense they was did. good. Hold on. Their defense was good last year. So I, I I'm not going to throw in stats from 12 months ago as to how I think they can stop Lamar Jackson now because it's a different defense. They did look, I mean, they, they kept them to, to look, the, the Ravens scored 24 points in their matchup this year. It's not like they shut them out. Um, I just think the Ravens we're talking about from back then is a very different monster yeah. to the Ravens we're talking about now. Yeah. That was a low watermark for the Ravens, right? They're in that route of three or four losses straight. And that was the last of them. Because yeah, they played uh, good teams. <laughs> but ever since that point, they have just gone upwards. The whole trajectory and curve of that team has been upwards um, since that Titans loss. I do think you're right, though, there, Frank. This, this to me, this game kind of decides which one of these teams is the best of the bad teams and which one of these teams might be the worst of the good teams. Speaking of worst teams, um, the next game is the Bears of the Saints. And the Saints are 10-point favorites. I mean, it's easy to say this is one of the most lopsided games because obviously spread-wise it is, but it really is in terms of matchup. Like these two, there's a real mismatch going on here. I mean, I looked at the Bears, like the winning record matters right now. And the Bears against teams with a winning record are 1-6 and six this season. Uh, and also they lost to the Lions. I, I, that, that's kind of a point in itself, right? Is that they lost to the Lions uh, recently. It's pretty incredible how um, they've got in the playoffs. It's it's basically they picked off the kind of bottom feeder clubs to kind of stay in the position they did. But um, yeah, this is not a good matchup for them. Uh, a pretty bad one actually. Um, I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I don't. I don't have too much to say on this game. I mean, I think the stats speak for themselves. Just watching the games, you know, speaks volumes in terms of the Saints offense versus the Bears offense and then the Saints defense versus the Bears defense which is supposed to be spectacular and let up about 85 points against the Packers so I think this will be lopsided I also think this will be lopsided looking from the standpoint of kind of the motivation of the Saints 
Um, and I think Sean Payton is an amazing coach. And if you look at their last three years of the playoffs, they've had some really disappointing losses. And I think if I believe in Sean Payton as the coach as he is, I think he's got to be hammering home that they need to play four quarters full throttle here and just set the tone for the playoffs. I mean, 2017, they have that epic loss with Stefan Diggs with that 70 yard touchdown. Then 2018, they have that egregious non pass interference call at the end of the game to lose again. And then 2019, they lost in the first round to the Vikings in overtime where they didn't even get to touch the ball in overtime. Um, so I think they're going to be coming into the first round of this playoffs saying, you know, we can't let this crap happen anymore. We need to play our best football for four quarters, never put, never stop with the pressure. And I could see this being, I could see them putting up 40 plus easy here um, and not backing off. So I'll take saints both ways. I don't know if I want to have that much confidence in their offense that they're going to score 40 points against a pretty good defense. But to me, the thing that's going to win this game for them is their own defense. And when I look at you, how the Bears have been playing recently and they've struggled to protect or give Trubisky time, they struggled to do that against the Packers last week. And I think that the Saints pass rush is going to be able to get to him pretty consistently throughout the game. So I think the issue here is, and it's a kind of question we've asked ourselves over the course of the season and sort of how many points can team a certain team score. And I struggle to see a scenario in which the bears score over 20 points in this game. So for that reason and that reason alone, I'm going to take the saints to win and the saints to cover. Yeah. And also the saints have such a good run game as well that the bears won't have much time in possession. So they're not going to have the opportunities uh, to do it. I also read that. I think um, the bears actually have quite a few players out defensively. Um, I can't remember the names, but there's some doubts and there's um, a couple of a linebacker that isn't playing. can't remember the name, but I've heard that they're potentially having some uh, injury doubts there as well, which is only going to make it worse, to be honest. But um, yeah, I agree with you, Eddie, that uh, Trubisky is going to get, he, they're going to get to him, uh, but also combined with the the really good running game that the Saints have got. Yeah, I, I think this is actually a pretty yeah. clear cut one with the Saints. And- and Kamara is supposed to be back. I, I don't think he's practicing at all this week, but he's going to play. All right. And then with the final game in mind is the Browns at the Steelers. And the Steelers are six-point favorites. I guess the the elephant in the room with this one is obviously the Browns' COVID situation, right? They, um, I think a couple of hours ago, they had to shut their facility again. So uh, Baker came out and I think alluded to the fact that even though it isn't going to have an impact they um, won't be able to train again until the game, I think is what I heard. So that's kind of it now for the Browns, whatever, they, whatever they've trained, that's going to be it going into that game. But um, I don't know what you guys think. Obviously the head coach isn't coaching, but like you say, you put that in inverted commas, like are, are they coaching from the, you know, co- coaching via like a kind of, um, so I, I don't think system. they, I don't think they can have any outside communication. Obviously they will have, they're going to script, you know, their few opening sequences. So in terms of offensive play calling, and I, I think people, uh, Stefanski obviously calls their plays, but you are talking about they haven't dropped from like their head coach to their quarterback's coach. Like it is their offensive coordinator who is going to be calling the plays. So you would hope they're dropping from the- their head coach to their special teams coach is now their interim head coach. 
Yeah, but it's the offensive coordinator still calling the plays for their offense. So it should be someone who fundamentally knows what he's doing. And he was supposed to call plays for them in preseason, but then obviously preseason was canceled, so he didn't do that. So they obviously think relatively highly of him and think this is something he can do. Um, the the real issue for me is uh, Betonio, who's their left guard, who's missing. And for a team that is so relies so heavily on their run game, I think anyone from their offensive line being out is a real cause for concern. This was going to be the only game where I was going to pick an upset before all the COVID stuff came out. Kind of last week, I thought that the Browns had a very good chance of beating the Steelers. I'm going to say now that I don't think that's the case. So I'm going to take the Steelers to win and cover the spread. I might end up regretting this because if the Steelers are the Steelers that we've seen in the past four weeks, then I think the Browns will feel pretty confident. But if the Steelers are anything like the team we saw over the the first sort of 10 to 12 weeks of the season, then I just don't see how the Browns, given all of the circumstances that they're having to uh, deal with, I don't see how they can win this game. Interestingly enough as well, it's worth remembering that this is the most rested the Steelers will be all season. Um, they they haven't had this long off, right? Uh, so I think that's going to be a factor as well. And looking at the Browns' record, they're two and four against teams with a winning record this season, uh, or in a regular season anyway. And that includes the Steelers' win last week. So also that's a little bit of a also false kind one. of ir- kind of ironic for the Steelers, right? Which is. They're a team who could legitimately argue that their hopes of having an unbeaten season were kind of taken away by COVID and postponements and rearrangements. The Titans. And- Get out of here. Or the fact that they finally had to play decent teams. Come on. Well, they beat the Ravens. They beat the Browns. Yes. Like, yeah. They beat quite they lost, a few good teams. Don't don't try and they they missed they said the, they lost their bye week. They you know the reason they undoubtedly beat lost the Titans. They had to play five games in 25, 25 days. Like that is unusual for an NFL team. Um, I'm not saying, I don't think they would have gone unbeaten had it not been for the, for the games being rescheduled and rearranged. I do think that they lost to Washington because of that. I think that was a schedule loss. I don't think if you, if that game hadn't kept being moved, I think they would have won. And now they probably would have lost one of their remaining games anyway. But if I was on that Steelers team and I was trying to explain the drop-off over these last few weeks, I would undoubtedly be telling myself, if I'm Mike Tomlin, I'm telling them, look, the, we got screwed over here. We have had to play too many games in too short a period of time, but we got the job done. We made the playoffs. That's all that matters. And now we know we're the team that we were early yeah. in the season when nobody could beat us. Yeah, and they carved out their own bye week in a way, didn't they? By earning that right of last week, they kind of carved out their own bye week. And that's that's one of the problems I have with this game. And I'm going with the Steelers, but the issue I have is the spread. Because when you look at the Steelers' um, last six games, they've posted 19-17, 15 17, 28 22. So granted, the 28-22 are the most recent. But when you start looking at that spread of six you then start thinking like if the Steelers maintain that kind of average of what, like low twenties, do you think the Browns even weakened? They've still got Baker, like a fired up Baker Mayfield. 
can they still post like over 14? Probably. The, the, the hope the Browns have uh, is that the Steelers defense, which is one of the best in the league, is focused around a pass rush. And the thing that works for the Browns is obviously they run the ball a lot, but also when they're not, even their passing game relies pretty heavily on either play action or having Baker roll out in the bootleg. And that can help them not counteract the quality of the Steelers pass rush, but at least sort of mitigate how effective it can be. And so that's the only reason why part of me really wants to take the Browns Part of me like wants to stick to my guns that I thought all year the Browns were going to be good, uh, and but I just can't do it. So, yeah. Now I, on I the think... other hand, Frank, this is like a nightmare playoff pick for you, right? Because you thought the Browns were going to be bad, and you thought the Steelers were going to be bad, and here you are, week one in the playoffs, and you got to pick one of them. No, this is easy for me. I'm going Browns all the way. I've watched enough now of both teams the last six, seven weeks. And I think the Browns are the more complete team. I think everyone is saying the fact that, oh, the Browns barely beat the Steelers last week with the Steelers had, you know, three or four players sitting out. Let's keep in mind that the Browns had three out of their four defensive backs also out in that game. So in a way they were also resting players and didn't have a full lineup so the reason that the passing game was even somewhat good against the browns was because they didn't even have their normal cornerbacks and safeties in there could we also keep it in mind that when you started to go backing the steelers they started losing so i'm actually really happy that you've gone browns here (laughs) (laughs) fine by me um no i i really do think the browns are the better team here um yeah, I, I I just think with the run game and the play action game, it's been it's been so effective these last few weeks. Um, you know, they had that blip against the Jets, but I think they pushed through it, and I think that will be a defining moment that they were able to win last week and make it to the playoffs. And now, you know, they don't have the pressure anymore of not making the playoffs in 18 years. You know, now, you know, people say like they're playing with the house's money, and I, I really think they are, and I think they're going to be fired up to play the Steelers, a division rival. The Steelers, to me, just haven't looked great against great teams, and I think this is an upset just waiting to happen. So mm-hmm. keep in mind, Ben Roethlisberger against the Browns is 24-2-1, so he is really, really due for another loss. Oh, is that – so after 27, you think he's due to loss? Okay. Yep. <laughs> he's due. I mean – Interest, interestingly enough for our picks there, by the way, because um, I've taken the Browns to cover the points, but Steelers to win. So I think it'll be kept close. So we've all gone different there. So you've got Steelers minus six, Steelers, Browns cover, and Browns win. My worry is that I have gone chalk on these picks. And I told Sam yeah. a couple of days ago that I thought I was leaning towards going chalk. And then the, th- the just thought in my mind, you can't pick every favorite to win and every favorite to cover. So now you got to try and find an underdog. And I just didn't want to make a pick for the sake of it. And oh, you so, know, we, we know now it's going to be Washington football team. The one that none of us picked <laughs> will be the one that covers. Well, it's the two big ones, right? It's the Bucks and the Saints. 
would be the undoing of all of oh, this. Oh, if, if Trubitsky beats me, then, then good for him. <laughs> season's think, over. Podcast is over. I think if if Washington wins, I think I'd be... I think I said that I would be most surprised by the Bills losing. I actually think I'd be most surprised by Tampa Bay losing. I think I'd be most surprised by the Saints losing. Yeah, I think Saints losing would be the one... They've had me. some stinkers this year, though. So and playoffs. I mean, so have the Bucks, though. The, the Bucks, Bucks have had some proper stinkers against good teams, for the most Giants. part. They've been blown out against. Uh, they still won against the Giants. They've mm. been blown out twice by the Saints, and that would be that's good. That might be a concern, cause for concern for them later in the playoffs. But next week, yeah. <laughs> but they've been they've been pretty reliable against bad teams. Um. But yeah, that would be. Now I did like I did see that Skip Bayless said oh, that God. this season had settled the debate over the Brady versus Belichick, and it had proven the fact that there is no way Belichick can win without Brady. I I don't know if it's that set in stone because there's been so many other variables. You know, like half of the Patriots defense opting out to play. Um, but I will say, you know, you said it before, Brady had a sneaky, very, well, Frank, very good year. Frank, didn't you realize that their quarterback opted out from playing as well? <laughs> he just didn't tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he Why am to- I in the yeah. starting lineup rather again? Than, <laughs> rather than opting out of the COVID thing. He just decided to get it. He took that $100,000 check or whatever. It's just that they kept sending him gear and he just turned up for play the games. I don't know. The one, but it's also unfair because the bucks are, you know, they have a stacked team. He went to, he went to a, he went to a team that with almost that with any quarterback would have been a playoff team. Yeah. And whereas Bill Belichick is coaching a team that has no right to be a playoff team. So they kind of, I'd say at the end of the season, they both had kind of par seasons based on personnel. I think the scale would lean a little further to Brady, but it's not, it's not super convincing. Let's see what he does in the playoffs. If he beats, beats Washington and then loses in the next round, especially if it's a repeat of how they've lost to the saints in the regular season, if he gets absolutely blown out, to me that would just that would lean towards a disappointing season for Tampa Bay, given the weapons they have. And whilst I'm sure the Patriots are disappointed that they didn't make the playoffs, fundamentally there's no reason when you look at that team that they should have been in playoff contention. Like if if it weren't for the fact that it's Bill Belichick and the play and the Patriots, like if that set of players had been put on the Dolphins we would have said like they're one of the worst teams in the league. Like there's no doubt, there's no doubt about it. It's just because in our mind, they're the Patriots. You think that they're legitimate playoff contenders year in, year out. What what I will say this does prove is that Cam Newton is not a starting QB anymore. <laughs> no, he's probably done. Yeah. We've probably seen the back end of him. Or at least, yeah. It's a nice back end. <laughs> Till he gets, till he gets uh, cast in the uh, live action Curious George movie. What? <laughs> it was a reference to his love of hats, you know, and the ah, yeah. Sorry, deep cut there for our Curious George fans out there. 
So I look forward to it actually. There's some there's some good games mixed with some pretty lopsided ones. Like we've we've all agreed on the more lopsided ones like Colt, uh, the Bills, the Bucks and the Saints, but Frank going with the Titans has gone against the grain. Um Eddie going with the Seahawks is against the grain. And then obviously we've all gone different things. I guess Frank's technically against the grain. Uh, in the well, I mean, Eddie, Eddie's game. not gone against the grain taking the Seahawks. No. We've gone against the grain taking the Rams. No, against our grain, our own little personal grain. <laughs> oh, yes. But I think, you know, for me, obviously, I'm betting against the Ravens and against the Steelers because of what I it's, think of them as well. So <laughs> yeah. it's um, just out of interest, guys. Like, what's your, you're going to watch them all. They're all live. But what's your like game of the week? If they're all on at the same time, which one would you give the most attention to? Steelers Browns, I think probably Steelers Browns or I think it's, I'd probably do maybe Rams Seahawks would be yeah Rams Seahawks would be decent even Bills Colts could be okay. I think Bills Colts has the potential to be the best game. I think it no, I don't I don't think it will be, but I think it, like you could have the Bills Colts where both offenses look really good, where the Colts are running the ball really well, and then Josh Allen's playing really well, and it's a lot of fun to watch. I don't think any of the other games are going to be fun to watch. Like there's the Steelers Browns game could be interesting and compelling, but like if the Browns are going to be competitive, they're going to have to be what the Browns have been all year, which is not fun. Baker Mayfield fun to watch. Watching him hand the ball off. It doesn't matter. Still fun. (laughs) And I'm not, and and I'm not trying to kind of be critical of them. I still enjoy watching it, but it's not like, wow, what a game. I can't believe that's the, that's a playoff classic. That 19 to 12 game I just watched was just an absolute thriller. But I, that to me is the one, it's the one where I think there's the most likely upset. Um, And I think it's the one where we're most likely to see the, if the Browns were to win, I think you could come out of it feeling like the Browns are Super Bowl contenders. Ooh. Well, just because there's not many teams left, yeah? Because you've been the <laughs> worst team in the AFC? I don't think if the... Hey, you be quiet. <laughs> put it this way. If the Bears win, I'm not going to come out of that game being like the Bears are Super Bowl contenders now. No. You're going to say the Bears just screwed me and they're the luckiest team in the planet yeah. and they're going to get blown out next week. Yeah, I'm going to say yeah. I absolutely know the Bears are going to lose by 40 points next week. The Saints are terrible. I should have known that I'm not trusting, you know, uh, Drew Brees and his noodle arm in a playoff scenario. You know, like that's that's what I'm going to tell myself. I'm not going to go, oh, Mitch Trubisky, maybe uh, – Maybe that guy's great. I, could, I can't wait till Monday when we're both when we're all discussing that we're going to have to deal with Washington and the Bears in like our next round of picks. That is the NFL's nightmare scenario. <laughs> Tom Brady out and Drew Brees out of the NFC. They're fine though, right? Because they got Aaron Rodgers no matter what in the NFC, and they got the Chiefs no matter what in the AFC. So like next round at least they're saved. They definitely there is some very unlikely scenario where the actual championship games or the Super Bowl has like lacks star power. But Smith would be a story. At least you can paint that. You can picture that. I'm going to say this. If Alex Smith wins this game, 
they deserve or he deserves to have the comeback player of the year trophy renamed after him. And he should get his own trophy. Wasn't, they should wasn't call the coach, before he even gets it, they should call it the Alex Smith trophy. Hasn't the coach been it. battling cancer as well? Yeah. Yeah. So he wasn't out. I will say I, I, oh, okay. I don't, so therefore it doesn't count. Okay. I don't mean this I don't mean this to be dismissive to either Ron Rivera or to any cancer survivors uh, or f- people's Hey, comes the bar. I feel like fifty to sixty percent of NFL coaches are like battling cancer at any one time. <laughs> like it seems to be like a pretty common theme. Um, but uh, oh, so he's why? just bandwagoning. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be a that'll be a dark way to bandwagon. But look, if Alex if Alex Smith wins the Super Bowl, they should take the. NFL comeback. They can take the Vince Lombardi trophy and they could just solder it on to his leg. They could they could melt it down and make it into his leg. Into his <laughs> pins. They should replace yeah. all the pins and screws yeah. in his legs with melted oh, down pieces and, of the trophy. And they melt it down and open it like when they he had the open flaps yeah. into his leg. <laughs> <laughs> So who are you rooting for the most? Underdog wise? No, just like Oh, okay. The Bills. Like who do you want to see win the most? Like regardless of bets. The Um, Bills. I want to see the Bills play the Chiefs in the playoffs. I want to see the Bills Chiefs playoffs game. Like that's to me, if I look at this even Super Bowl scenarios or whatever, that is the game I want to see the most. Agreed. That is the so, ultimate end game. It happens in the Champions League a lot, right? You always get to that kind of dream. There's always a dream tie that looks good in either the quarters or the semis or the final itself. Well, the final is different because you've got two sides, but there's always that dream tie that you want. But I don't know. There's a small part of me that's rooting for the Rams. We've discussed them a lot. I think we we all said that they're kind of like a dark horse in all of this as well, but... I'm rooting for them. They've actually given me quite a lot of good joy over the past like 17 weeks in terms of like betting with them. And it's, it's a soft spot thing, nothing more, but I think I'm rooting for them. Because I am funny, definitely Mike. rooting for the Browns a little bit too. No, I'd look, I'd like the Browns to win. The Brown, it'd just, be awesome to see the Browns move. On. If you, if you told me I needed one, I could just, if you told me I could guarantee one team going forward, I, I would take the bills just because I know that gives me the most interest. Um, I will say, kind of, part of me always confuses. I mean, not legitimately, but kind of confuses Goff and Wentz. Like they're they're two very similar quarterbacking profiles to me. It would be kind of ironic if Wentz, who obviously missed out on a Super Bowl run, if there was a scenario where the Rams without Goff suddenly went on a Super Bowl run, the parallels between their two careers, admittedly. Golf slightly different because he has already made the Super Bowl himself, but it would just be an interesting one for me. They are kind of interchangeable, and it would just cement that fact. Yeah, I think I'm with Eddie though. Old, I'd like to see the. I'd be happy to see the Browns advance, but I think my dream Final Four is Chiefs, Bills, Packers, Saints. I think my that's dream a great, a great four. My dream final four is Bills, Chiefs, Packers, Bucks. Not that they can. Yeah. 
I don't I, think, barring weird upsets, I don't think that can happen because I think the Bucks are going to play the Packers. You just want to see Brady Rodgers? I like the Brady Rodgers. And then I want to see Rodgers versus Mahomes or Allen in the Super Bowl just because I think that's like the still superstar old guard yeah. versus the next the generation. And it's also yeah. a lot of swagger on both sides in their in their own ways. Like each of one of them is very different, but clearly total confidence in themselves. State Farm would be licking their chops if Mahomes and Rogers both made the Super Bowl. Oh yeah. Oh boy. I, I did like I did like the because Rogers appears on the Pat McAfee show every Monday. Um and I saw Pat McAfee asked him if he would be watching these games. And he said, maybe some of them, but probably not. He'd probably just be reading and napping and relaxing. And that obviously he'd be watching whoever their opponents are. He'll be watching the film and studying on them in the future, but probably won't be tuning in to actually watch the games live. Maybe he'll fly to Paris and uh, watch them at WAS. Oh, wait, maybe he won't. Shame for them. Like Was was so for anyone who's not familiar, Was was the only official Packers bar in Europe. A lot of Packers players would come and visit it during the off season, uh, including Aaron Rodgers on one visit. Although Aaron Rodgers actually came in a bye week, he came in November a couple of years ago. Um, the bar has unfortunately had to close. It would be a real shame for them if the Packers then make the Super Bowl because they will have missed out on what would have been a huge number of very, very popular nights. Obviously, all bars here are closed anyway, so it's neither here nor there, but uh, it would be an extra shame. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm ready, ready for the weekend. And I guess the other game we could cover is the Monday night game, which is the national championship and just kind of You've got well, we can Alabama, do that Ohio State. Okay. We can do it. I mean, my pick's Alabama. I think this is going so disi- to this is, I think this is going to be a disappointing week for Ohio. Um, I think just... But it was a great week last week for Ohio. Yes. yes. You know, life gives and life takes away. And last week was a big give for the state of Ohio, and this is going to be the big takeaway. Yeah, I... I mean, that watching Ohio State beat Clemson was absolutely amazing, and I enjoyed every minute of it. But I just feel that Nick Saban and all those coaches watched that game, dissected the hell out of it, and there's no way that Ohio State's going to be able to throw up top like that for you know, 40, 50-yard passes consistently connecting on them. I mean, they'll have that shut down in no time. Well, also, I think Alabama will be able to do that to Ohio State anyway. So yeah. <laughs> there's... I think we'll be I mean, a fun like, game. Like, but, I think know, I, they're going to have to try, but you yeah. know they're going to be way prepared for it. And you're right. In a normal sense, they wouldn't even need to be super prepared, but with the extra preparation of knowing what they're going to come at them with. Um, but you will see a, another Heisman winner in that game um, with Devonta Smith winning the Heisman. And that was the first time since 1991 that a wide receiver has won the Heisman. Yeah, I think the Heisman, I'm not a big believer that any of these championships or anything need to have an asterisk by them. The Heisman might be the only thing that kind of needs to have an asterisk. Because like a person like Justin Fields only played six games. Yeah, they were never going to give it to him. They were never going to give it to Trevor Lawrence. So 
it kind of was going to fall to someone who in a full season would have probably never won it. Now, look, if I'm the guy who won it, I'm not saying that, but that the, the individual awards are the ones where I'm, I'm a little bit more. Uh, yeah. So I guess the only, the only wrinkle in this national championship is Ohio state apparently has major COVID concerns and which is annoying because they don't give the same details that the NFL gives, but the rumor is that they could be with completely without a certain position group come the playoff game. So that doesn't tell you what the position group is. I mean, it could be punter, right? You know, like you don't know. Um, but the funny thing that kind of happened from this was Nick, uh, Nick Saban's daughter put out a tweet basically calling out Ohio State and saying that this is all made up. And the real reason is that they want Justin Fields to get an extra week of rest and that that's bullshit <laughs> and that it's all a lie. And then she ended up having to like delete the tweet two hours later. <laughs> so that was, I thought, pretty funny. But um, yeah, so as of now, they're still scheduled to play, but um, they may have some major COVID issues. They may not. It's not been fully released. So shifting away from American football, I just had a few, I guess, questions of what you guys think. This popped up on my Instagram. It was in relation to last season, a bunch of Premier League teams, whether they've improved or regressed in their total points so far. So I'll give the first one, Manchester United. Oh, improved. This one could be one of these trick ones and we feel like they've improved because they're tied for the top, but the actual points total itself isn't that high. So I don't know. And then that might, this might also be a double bluff because they think you're going to think that. And you're then, overthinking it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say going to improved. I'm going to say not improved. You overthink it, Eddie. Okay. <laughs> They've improved. They're actually plus nine compared to last year. So oh, significantly better. better. Yeah. Okay. Close. How about Spurs? Ah, that's a, t- that's a tough one. So the, the options are they've either done better or worse. There's none where they're on parity or something like that. Uh, none of the ones I have have okay. stayed the same. Now. I'm going to say they've, I feel like they had a good season. So I'm going to say they've regressed. I'm going to say think... they've, I'm going to say they've improved. Spurs have improved six points from where they stood last year after six matches. One a piece, a massive margin. <laughs> Okay. Much bigger than here, nine. Here comes a good one. Arsenal. Regress. No. It's, I, I know mean, they've it's, regressed because it's it's it was their, their worst, worst start. Yeah, their worst season in Premier League history. So, But Emery didn't have a great start. So the last three games may have done something to change yeah. that. But still, they've regressed. But maybe not no, by I, much. Maybe I'm like five or six points. Arsenal are one point better. Than they oh, were last year gosh. after yeah. 17 games. It, it wasn't it wasn't gonna be too much, but that's oh, so they're just a bad team. Yep. They're just Ooh. they're just always this bad. Yeah. <laughs> Mid mid table mediocrity. Kings of the All Cup. Right. Southampton. Wait, Southampton have improved. Uh, FA Cup. Yeah. Improved. The most times. Yep. Yeah, Southampton, Southampton have improved massively. 
have improved 14 points. So that's a huge, they've almost doubled what they had last year at this point. Speaking um, of which, them did, up. did everyone see their manager break down in tears after they beat Liverpool? Um, it was pretty emotional for him. I, I don't know that why. Was, that was one of the, I mean, he just thought it was such an honor to have it beaten was, the Jurgen Klopp team. Yeah. I thought it was one of the more bizarre things I've ever seen in my life. It, it Genuinely. Was. It was. The, the, don't get me wrong. The performance from Southampton was pretty like Herculean in terms of like, it was really stalwart. They soaked up a ton of pressure and did really well with it. But to, to the point of tears, <laughs> I'm not so sure. I just don't, if it was last game of the season, if it had guaranteed, if they'd earned a European spot or they'd, you know, avoided relegation. Okay. I get that reaction in a match in the beginning of December, that, that January, that is, I'll say fundamentally meaningless, not obviously big three points, but nothing has happened as a result of winning that match. The only way you could have explained that is if you told me his wife had just died or, you know, like something had happened. (laughs) The fact that it was, the fact that it was just the honor of beating Jurgen Klopp is just, I mean, I also kind of felt sorry for Jurgen Klopp because I don't, when you would see the moment where he kind of goes to shake his hand, but he's on his knees crying and Jurgen Klopp just kind of pats him and walks away. Like, and then to find out, Oh, he was crying because he thought beating me was such an honor. I think that's a very awkward situation. Or it's like, did you see so-and-so was crying after he beat you? And he's like, who? (laughs) (laughs) And especially as Jurgen Klopp's only real focus from that match was the fact that they should have had two penalties, which admittedly, I think, were both penalties, but he wasn't too concerned with the well-being of any of the Southampton coaching staff. Interestingly enough, another game they didn't score in. So that's continuing this kind of worrying trend with Liverpool where since the Palace game, what they scored against West Brom to equalize. And then since then they haven't scored. Um, well, that's, that's a good one. What about Liverpool? Worse, blip. But what? It, well, they, he said they, blip, which was I said it's a Sam blip. Gets it, Sam gets it wrong because that isn't one of the answers. No, that is yeah. impossible. I'm, they they for sure have got worse. Yeah. How much I'm, do you think? Um, probably maybe about nine points. I'll say twelve points. Sixteen points worse wow. than last year season. So I was at least indivisible. So. Okay. Oh, actually, How about well. wait? What? Shut up, Eddie. Move on, Frank. How about <laughs> Sheffield United? Oh, I mean, that's not even close. <laughs> the fact that they're bottom and they weren't bottom, <laughs> like it's—it's it's not even that they're bottom, right? They're on course to be historically bad. They have two points right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this is a genuine question. If you're a chef, not if you're a player, because obviously it's a, but if you're a Sheffield United supporter. At this point, you're resigned to the fact that you're going down. Like there is, I can say this as a supporter of a team that's been relegated twice. Uh, actually, three times because we've been relegated from the championship Aww. as well. Um, <laughs> that the, was a dark time. Yeah, Ooh, that was, just that plunging was, that knife in deeper. That was a low moment. Um, you obviously have that moment where you know it's going to happen, and it's even if it's mathematically not certain, you you just know, and. Sheffield United supporters will know at this point, which is so early to know, but they definitely know. Uh, do you almost want to break the record? Like, do you kind of want to be, we were the worst Historically team bad? Yeah. Like, you're going to be no. bad no matter what. 
you want to be one point better than the worst team ever? Yes. Because then no one cares about your relegation. It will just be that you got relegated. But Derby hold that record, right? But I guess what Eddie's saying is like, if you're going to go down in flames, go down in flames. Um, I don't understand that logic, no. <laughs> I don't no, either. But <laughs> I'm, I'm not there with that one. I think Derby got, what, 15 points? So 11. they need to find 11. I thought yeah. it was 15. No, Maybe Sunderland it. got 15 or something. So they need yeah. to get three wins or nine draws or a combination. Yeah, and, I mean, assuming like they more, don't get another point, let's just say they're on course for four. <laughs> ten more point. points. They need ten more points, which should be doable. But they, given their form, it would take them five more seasons. Um, they they had twenty five at this point last year. Yeah, that's crazy. That's an impressive mm-hmm. fall. And like, I was really consistent. Yeah. Last two. Chelsea. That's a tough one. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's 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 the same feeling I had about the Manchester United. I'm going to say they've improved, but very marginally. I'm going to say a very slight regression, but not much. I think they'll be within okay. two points of last year. So they've regressed three points. Oh, but their goal differential is five points or five goals better. And last one, City. Another tough one. I'm going to try and calculate this sort of with... I'm going to say they've regressed because I don't think they're on course to be, what, one point yeah. behind Liverpool who have regressed by 16 points and they weren't... And they oh, weren't wow, this. you're starting to... No, no, no. Backdoor fairness, here. This was Guardiola's worst start to a season ever. So they must have, a few games ago, been worse, but they have had a good run, which is what makes yeah. it more interesting. I'm still going to say regressed. I'm going to say they are six or seven points below where they were last year. They're three points below mm. what they were last year. But the big thing, I think, is the goal differential. They were t- plus 26 last year, and now they're only plus 11. Yeah, it's because they used to absolutely thrump teams. Yeah. At home. Um, thrump. Thrump them. But speaking of football, obviously, it's not Premier League this season. It's the FA Cup, um, which always throws up some interesting games um it's where like the minnows in english football can um kind of make an interesting mark and um there's a game uh marine they're called versus tottenham hotspurs it's the largest gap in fa cup history between two sides which is always interesting so there's eight divisions between them and um, Marina going up against them. It's an interesting story because the thing is, like, you've got these massive teams, like Premier League teams, that are able to go to these small clubs. COVID has kind of ruined such a huge source of revenue for Marine. I think it's like estimated to be about hundred grand, which is which is infinite amounts of money for a club like Marine. But um, they've started to do some, you know, nice gestures. Like Spurs fans have done like GoFundMe pages. Marine have offered like Spurs. Uh, season ticket holders like the chance to go to one of their games which I found strange because it's in Liverpool <laughs> and it's like Spurs is London <laughs> so who's making the day trip to Liverpool to see Marine? well that's probably what's smart about it right is it's, yeah. it's an offer no one will take take you up on but makes you look good yeah. yeah Frank just to give you an idea Marine play in the Northern Premier League Division 1 Northwest that's amazing i mean i love the concept and the idea of the fa cup i just hate it from a betting perspective 
I mean, that was one of my first ever introductions into Everton. A shitty, shitty loss. Everton, Everton. watch Shrewsbury. Was it no. the Shrewsbury game? No, it. So it was. Uh, it was Wild Card Weekend. So FA Cup third round Wild Card Weekend. Everton were playing uh, some League One side. I think they were two one up. We were in the long hop. They scored to go to one up, I think, with not that long left. And then in the 92nd or 93rd minute, the team equalized and it went to a replay. And I went to the bathroom. I broke a rule of mine, but I felt very confident that the other team did not look like scoring at the time. I went to the bathroom and Frank, I came back out and Frank said, oh, it's 2-2. And I thought he was joking. And then I looked at the screen and just thought, oh, crap. It was the same day that Blackburn knocked Arsenal out of the FA Cup. Oh, wow. Quite when a while then. Colin Kazim Richards scored at the Emirates. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was two. I think it would have been, it would have been uh, January 2013. I sadly remember it. No, it was 13? Yeah, maybe 13. It was 2013. Yeah. Another interesting game is. Um, so Derby's team has been completely wiped out by COVID. So none of their first team can travel to the game. And they're playing a, a really low league team called Chorley. And actually their joint favorites with them is like six to four a pop because the whole Derby team can't play. So all they can do is field like youngsters in the game. So that's an interesting one. But um, yeah, I always like FA Cup weekend, um, the third round, because you've got the cup sets, the banana skins and... Uh, Usually the Premier League teams at this point still field slightly weaker teams. So there's always that kind of potential. It's so tough, though, because you're never going to go against it. So, for example, Man, you're playing Watford. You'll never back Watford. But it has the makings of that kind of like exit game uh, because the bigger teams don't play their big team, uh, their big players yet. Um, but, yeah, it's it'll be good to see. It's it's always good FA Cup weekend. It's just a shame that the crowds aren't there because the crowds kind of make the FA Cup um, weekends as good yeah. as they are. It's a real shame. But so so I, I found out who it is, but I don't want to say it because I know I'm going to say it wrong. Okay, which year was it? It's 2013. You had it right. No, no, no. Say it. Come on, come on. Is it Oldham or it Oldham. Oldham? It's Oldham, Oldham right? Yeah. Oldham. <laughs> I thought it, it was, was I, I I said it right. I thought it'd no, be it's old. Old, it's Oldham. You got it right. And it was two all. An absolutely basic club that goes nowhere. Oldham. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. February two all. Yeah. Oh, so it wasn't. And then of course beat them three one in the, in the in replay. replay. Yeah. Yeah, of that's course. the cop out with no replays this year though, right? It has to be done on yeah. the day. Oh dear. That was that was a dark, dark day. Yeah, that was a bad day. The only good aspect of that day, it resulted in one of our favorite stories of one of our friends. Yeah. <laughs> who acted like a complete psycho. Yeah. <laughs> he, he shall not be named. But yeah, no. Um, yeah, no, that was, it was a fun night out. But yeah, it was a uh, great night out. Terrible night for all our bet slips. So yeah, it wasn't wild card weekend. I'm mixing the two, the two up. Because it would have, it was not the third round, um, but yeah, no, it was, it was good. That is one of my more memorable losses, and the other one 
is the time we went to London and Chelsea beat City. And it was the last thing left oh. in my bet for like 3,000 pounds. And same for <laughs> and, that, and that's different because that's a like cash in bet. It's not like an online bet. That was a paper slip I could have taken and gotten that in cash right in front and of me. And that was also me. I was in exactly the same boat. Yeah. And also because we had gone, Arsenal had scored late to win when we were coming down from coming down the, the hill from the Greenwich Observatory. So, and, and then they tied again, and then they went back and scored again to go yeah. back up. Yeah. And you know who, <laughs> who scored the winner in that one, Sam, because we spoke about him the other day, is um, Torreira or whatever his name is. Oh, Lucas Torreira. Yeah. Yeah. He scored that bicycle kick. That was that, or semi-bicycle kick to win that match, whoever they were playing against. And then City lost 3-1, I think it was, to Chelsea. I think I remember that game. It was like a half five kickoff. Yes. I think you were there. Or, yeah, yeah, you were with us. Was I? Yeah. Yeah, we were at the, we were at the bar in Greenwich. We were at that pub in Greenwich. The one oh, the right Mitre. On, yes. Yeah. Yeah, the <laughs> one where the guy threw up outside. <laughs> and after he gave the Nazi <laughs> Speaking salute. Speaking of throw up stories. Oh, <laughs> that guy had an epic fall from grace. I went into the I went into the bathroom when we were in that pub and I, and there was a guy there who I have rarely seen someone struggling so much in a bathroom he couldn't stand he was like on the urinal holding himself but like bracing himself backwards against the urinal as if he was going to sit on it like he was just and then he ran like tried to walk out he like ran directly into the wall fell against the sink walked outside then walked straight out and proceeded to throw up all over the ground directly outside the pub and then there with was people st- sitting there yeah like right by and then there's a statue of i think it's of lord nelson there or it could be some other person from some other admirable ad- admirable ad- an admirable admiral, ad- admiral. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna start working for uh gilbert and sullivan like they <laughs> They, uh, they, uh, and then he proceeded to give a Nazi salute to it several times, which was very interesting. Yeah, but the amount of vomit in that story was amazing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a the, stream. That was a hose coming out of his mouth. That was a hose. <laughs> well, like the Team America one. Yeah, not uh, far off. That was that was I amazing. Don't, I that don't great. remember it sadly, but maybe I was. And that was City's first loss of the season. Yeah, yeah. I figures that match. That was great. But we did get double vomit story today. Mm. Ah, and any on. day you get a dove, any day you get a double vomit story, it's been a good day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, roll on those times again. We'll get vaccinated <laughs> and then we'll God. vomit the town I red. I can't wait to go back and it's, lose it's on gonna, the last leg it, of my ticket bet and have to watch a 50-year-old grown man vomit over, <laughs> over Lord Nelson. You're just making me more interested in getting the vaccine now. <laughs> yeah, we need to get these vaccines going. I need to experience that again. I, th- I think the UK is up to about... what It sounds like the UK might be like one of the first out of the hatch, so um, fingers crossed, right? Who knows? I don't know who to believe anymore. Until Jamiroquai tells me how the vaccination process is going, I'm not going to believe anyone. He's just a COVID right. girl. <laughs> there, yeah, he, he, gosh, he missed a trick there. He could have redone that song. 
Speaking of art recording artists, just before we finish, did anyone see the weekend's face, his new face after his plastic surgery? Wait, why did he have plastic surgery? I don't know. Just go ahead and Google weekend face. <laughs> see, if I type in the weekend plastic surgery, it might just come up with like a, a, a terrible. I promise you. Like... I promise you it's going to come oh up with God. his face. Yeah, he looks like, come... okay, he looks like, do you remember Bo Selector? <laughs> yes, he looks like one of the, the masks. He looks like Bo one Selector. of the Keith Lemon Bo Selector. What yeah. the? No. He's actually a pretty attractive guy before this. I don't really understand. He was, yeah. Oh. Oh my. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a statement. Let's put it that way. Is it real? <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it's real. Yeah. Oh God. In this one picture, he kind of looks like that Latino actor. Oh, I can't think of his name. I'm gonna have to look this up and I'll I'll post it on Instagram. <laughs> I don't I don't I, I I'm almost like staring at it, like almost like staring into the abyss and the abyss stares back kind of thing. It's it's yeah, really it's, freaky. It's, yeah, and you kind of have to feel assuming it is real, right, and permanent. You have to feel sorry for him. Um, that can't be what he wanted. Let's well, hope it was. Know, but yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe it just needs to settle in a little. <laughs> a lot. I don't think that's how bones and skin work. <laughs> well, there's skin definitely maybe. some swelling. Yeah, skin maybe, but uh, it could be swelling. But it's the chin. Yeah, it's everything. Honestly, I, I, yeah. But if it, if it's if there's one defining thing that's obvious, it's that massive chin. But no, and look, we've given and the for, for anyone who's not seen them some things this week, we've given them two things to Google: the Tom Segura injury and the weekend's face. And I'm not sure which one is more horrific. <laughs> There's only yeah, one I way to find either. out. <laughs> Put it this way: I would rather have the Tom Segura injuries. Really? At least you'll recover from them. The yeah. thing that sucks about that injury—not that he's obviously not an athletic guy—but um, it's one of those things that couldn't just kind of happen to everyone, anyone, because he does his slip. And like I play pickup basketball, I do kind of worry sometimes that just like you're going to land and just like land on someone's foot and your ankles, just like my leg's just going to snap. I worry I, more about my Achilles. I'm constantly obsessed with the fact that I, my Achilles will just snap for no reason. Like I have no history of Achilles injuries, never felt a tweak in my Achilles. Such a weird fit. That's just, such a weird one. It's yeah. the injury that scares me. The one that scares me is like jumping down flat on your foot and for some reason like your shin bone just absolutely smashing. And yeah, like, that's worse than your Achilles. Yeah. Do you know what scares me about the Achilles one, Eddie? Is like those I mean, I'm sure they're true, but I'm sure it's very much exaggerated. The people who like hide underneath your car and when they want to rob Achilles. you and slice your Achilles when you're opening your door. Wait, no, that thing? scares me. That's yeah, a thing. Supposedly, that's a thing. Where? That like they'll like go to like a mall or like a grocery store after dark and hide underneath your car. And when you're opening your car, they just literally like slice oh, your Achilles with no, a knife. No, I, I don't mean where is it. Rob you. Where would the car be? I mean, like <laughs> where in the U.S. Is it like a U.S.A. thing? Like <laughs> they like to do it in in parking spots that are further away from the stores. Is that what you mean? I, no, I still understand. I think he means like state <laughs> I or mean, city. I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, Frank, tell me more about places where cars are parked. It's, this is another one of Frank's like weird stats. Most commonly occurs in parking lots under 35 degrees. Yeah. Yeah. Jupiter and Saturn have aligned. The warmer the weather, the better it is because the Achilles slides better off the knife. And you bleed Whoa. more heavily, so it's oh better. God. You know, because in the cold, the frost, sometimes the blade sticks. It's <laughs> from Gladiator. Who is that better for? The person slicing or the person getting sliced? I don't know what if I want the, the person getting get sliced because maybe they have a chance. Because the I don't frost know if I want makes the blade, the blade stick. I don't know if I want to get in your harness. stuck in my Achilles. I don't know if that's better or worse. Imagine trying to run off with it. Oof. Yeah, on that note. All right. Oh, well, uh, yeah. Let's have a good weekend of pets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hopefully, everyone's getting Achilles on Monday. Well, two Achilles. Yeah. Frank's Achilles <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, Frank, <laughs> Frank's, Frank's Achilles here will be the Steelers. We know that. Ooh. Oh, nice. Wow. What a bookend. Wow. All right. Well, I'll let you sign off with that. Talk to you boys later. See you, Ariel. <laughs>